Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. There's nothing left for us to do Find the strength to see this through And thank you very much for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, the part of the growing conservative conversation, and also the part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. And you can join the voice of the grassroots by calling in at 347-945-7428. We've got a great and exciting show this evening. Uh, we've got... Uh, Kara Chen will be calling in. I think we already have her on the line talking about what's going on uh, with all the blasts going on to Donald Trump. We're also going to talk about a few things, uh, such as we're going to ask the question, does the Brussels attack recently prove that Donald Trump was right uh, in his talk about what we should do about uh, illegal immigrants and Muslims in particular? Uh, We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about Newt Gingrich and a meeting with Donald Trump. Uh, talk about uh, navigating the swamp that they call Washington, D.C., and there's been some talk about a possible if uh, Trump does get the nomination, a possibility of Newt being a chief of staff or perhaps even better, a Newt Gingrich VP pick. We'll also talk about, uh, of course, there's also a lot out there about the possibility of a brokered or contested convention. Also heard about Rubio possibly handing over his delegates over to Cruz, and of course that doesn't show how much of Cruz's anti-establishment as he would like us to think that he is. Uh, so we'll be talking about that as well. And so also, folks, uh, they are still looking to get those people out for the nominees for Obama. And uh, you do have on the site a link to your senator and uh, senator's contact information. So definitely uh, go to that link, call your senator, and make sure that they still keep their word and not uh, go through any of the nomination product, um, process with any of Obama's nominations, uh, no matter how uh, so-called moderate that the pick is. So we're going to have a great show. We already got folks lined up, call in and talk to us. Uh, when you're ready to chime in, just push the one and the number dial, and we will get you into the show. And also, if you're out there in the audience, uh, whether you're here on Blog Talk Radio or other places, uh, listen to the show, give us a call at 347-945-7428 and join our roundtable discussion. Uh, but first, I believe we do have uh, Karen on the line. Thank you very much, Karen, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, I am wonderful, and thank you so much for having me back. It's wonderful, and thank you for the information that you're giving to your audience because this is really an uh, unusual time in history, and we are part of history being made again. So it's very exciting, and thank you. 
Well, you're welcome. And uh, I mean, I, I mean, I'm I'm more energized when this uh, campaign uh, first started. I'm like, what? there's really not anybody to that, that I really liked. I was a really strong Gingrich supporter uh, back in 2012, and you know, we see how that went. And I tell you what, if, if this does come, if this is true, and in Gingrich and Trump are actually talking, and that now uh, on Newsmax is stating that he said he's not interested in any type of that conversation right now. Uh, it's not the time. Uh, he has no interest in any kind of administrative spot. Of course, he's saying that, I think, because of the timing of it, perhaps. Uh, but I think could there be no sense of poetic justice other than trumping the VP pick to get back what the RNC did to him in 2012? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. But the thing that we have to remember right now is everybody is jockeying for position. <laughs> Uh, these people are all connected. They're all connected together. And the only one who's really an outsider is Donald Trump. And whether you like him or whether you don't like him, he has energized the, quote, silent majority into finding its voice again. And that's the most important thing because when you lose communication, you lose the ability to understand what's going on, and that's how we wind up in the mess that we're in right now because the people were not engaged. And I think this is the first time that I can remember since Kennedy that the people have been so engaged, and I think it's wonderful. Yeah, definitely bringing in a ton of folks, uh, whether they're Democrats coming back over, kind of like the ranking conservatives, uh, ranking uh, Democrats did, or the independents you know, are coming over to vote for him. Now, of course, he's also, you know, having some people who are, you know, coming into the party to vote against him. And if he gets the nomination, they'll probably go to the wayside. I, I don't think that they would go and vote for Hillary Clinton. I, I think the people who are coming in to vote against him uh, are just not that um, motivated to go vote for someone else. Uh, I mean, some of them will, certainly. Some of them will probably vote for well, Hillary Clinton. Uh, but I don't think well, it's um, – Let's take a a look at the demographics and take a look at some of the connections and maybe that will make it easier for everybody to understand what's going on. Um, And real real quick, Karen, I just want to make a comment real quick, is that you did write, if you want to allude to it, or maybe even say the whole thing, but you did post something on Facebook uh, not that long ago, and I I did read all of it, and I I really liked a, a lot of it, and so definitely some of those points come in. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, my background. I grew up in New York. I am the same age as Donald Trump. He lived in uh, Jamaica Estates, which was the upper upper, and I lived in Brooklyn and then moved to um, Forest Hills, which is the next, quote, community zip code um, next to Jamaica Estates. We've known, and I mean the American people, have known Donald Trump for the last 40 years. I don't think there's anything that they are uncovering that anybody hasn't read, seen, or heard of before. So we have to really analyze who these people are and what is at stake here. And I think what's happening now is the... People who are the Democrats and the independents who are not liberal, liberal, they're socially liberal, 
they are mostly physically conservative, and I guess we would have called them the Reagan Democrats. But this group has been taken over by those that we call the neoconservatives or the neocons. And these are not, these are the people now who are making the most noise because these are the people that have the most to lose. And it does not matter whether they are an R or a D. They are the same people and they do the same things and they are controlling everything. Now, personal opinion. This is a purely personal opinion. Having, and I also suggest that everybody read The Art of the Deal because everything is a deal. Ted Cruz and everybody, uh, especially Glenn Beck, we don't want deals. We don't want deals. You can't survive unless you make deals. And the objective, of course, is to make good ones, not bad ones. And, and ones he, that uh, further conservatism, like Gingrich did in 2000, I mean, not in 2000, back when he was uh, the Speaker of the House. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. But here's the difference. Okay. Let's go back and remember, everything is connected. Well, in order for everything to be outcome-based, which is what the liberal or what the progressive deal is, whether it's communism, socialism, everything has to be outcome-based. They have to know the outcome in advance. They have to create the chaos so that there can be um, total destruction and then they can put in their new system, which, by the way, has never worked. So I kind of describe um, progressivism as imagine you're on a nice, beautiful lake, and there's lots of boats out, and you're out in your boat, and it's really nice. And then all of a sudden, this guy comes ripping through, and he's looking, at a, he's looking at a beautiful, calm lake with lots of nice little boats. And as he rips through this lake, what happens? He creates massive destruction of those nice little boats that were enjoying their time. That's what's going on. A progressive will start out with an idea which they will feed the media their ma- and the masses this idea without telling them that the outcome is going to be as they have determined. And this is what we have going on right now. All of this has been started in our school. And that's why when you say fundamentally transform America, the first time I heard that phrase, I said, people are going to know what that is. Fundamentally transform America, they're going to know that. So um, then I realized that this is what's being taught in our school. And it's not being mm-hmm. taught in college. It's being taught in kindergarten. So in kindergarten, the kids have this mentality that they are victims because of their race, because of their gender, because of their color of their hair or their eyes or their, or their body or whatever. And they're categorized by that. And all of this happens in school, which is why what is the only, the only person who's running for office that said, I will get rid of Common Core and give it back to the local communities where education belongs. 
Well, that was Donald Trump. He recognizes, we have been working with him, he recognizes that all of this takes place in education. And by the time the kid gets to college, they're so indoctrinated that you can't have a conversation with them. So what's happening now is energizing. And the problem is, and what's going on, the neoconservatives are going berserk because they are beginning to lose their power. This is not about money. This is about power. And they are beginning to lose their power as the people are beginning to realize that they have an effect, that they can make a change, that it is up to them. And it was interesting the other day to listen to uh, Donald Trump on, um, on Hannity, and he was saying... Uh, Sean asked him a question, and he said, it's not my opinion, I'm just the messenger. I'm doing what they're telling me to do. And he was pointing at the audience. And that's really what people are looking at him as. So they will be willing to forgive anything else because they know that in the end, A, he's a dealmaker, he's incredibly successful, and he loves America. Now, he truly loves America, which is a good thing. But in addition to that, he's also economically very, very smart and has amassed an incredible empire with very, he was given a loan of a million dollars from his father, which he paid back with interest, and that's how he created his empire. So he is the true liver of the American dream. And what he is saying when he shows all of this is, if I can do it, you can do it, and I'm going to help you do it. So that's n number one. Number two, because he's up there with the big boys, the problem, I believe, this is where I said this is my opinion, is that he is an outsider, and they will never allow him into the inner circle. And that doesn't do too good for his ego, because he likes to be in there. So if I were him and I was in his shoes, coming from where I came from, understanding what he has gone through and having gone through similar things, unfortunately he made billions and I lost everything, not anything to do with him, but similar to the situation, you begin to realize that it's the same people continually funding and perpetuating the same thing. Now here's a Perfect example, Fox News. Fox News is owned by Rupert Murdoch. He also owns News Corp, Sky, and that's his news holdings. In addition to his news holdings, he also controls 20th Century Fox in Hollywood. In addition to controlling 20th Century Fox in Hollywood, he was given the contract by President Obama to write the software for the testing for Common Core. Are you getting the connection? Then, mm -hmm. in addition to that, the textbooks that are used for all of this come from a company called Pearson. 
Richardson is a British company, used to be an American company, is a British company which has majority ownership by the prince of Saudi Arabia and Qatar. Isn't that nice? So in our children's books, et cetera, et cetera, you have all of this love Islam garbage, and that's why we see what we're seeing right now. But the point is that all of these people work together, and by going into the school, they have access to the children's minds, and guess where these children are from the 60s because this was their plan of the 60s. Now, it horrified me to see Bill Ayers, who most people don't know is a terrorist and was mm-hmm. responsible for bombing several government buildings in the 60s and got off and a PlayStation. And, and yes, exactly, and is Obama's mentor. Why would you think that Obama would not be corrupt? Okay, so now we have all of these people who have all of these circles who are all connected, and they're connected to everything, so they're the ones that are controlling everything. And Donald Trump doesn't like that. And he also is very, very philanthropic, which nobody knows about because he doesn't do it in front of cameras. He's not interested in that. And he's given away a lot of money to wonderful people. He believes in the people, and that's the biggest difference. People want to be believed in. They want somebody to believe in them, and they want to know that they can succeed, and that's what he believes. So he is an outsider. And he will never be in the inner circle of the trillionaires who are manipulating our economy. And you watch right now, they are so afraid of him that they are going to throw everything they have behind Ted Cruz. And the sad part is I really believe Ted Cruz is a good guy. But the money that he's taking and the people that he's taking the money from will be put mm-hmm. in his streets, and there will be no freedom, no wall, no liberty, filled with Muslims, filled with anybody, because their goal is a one-world government controlled by the United Nations. What people don't realize also is that BLM, and I don't mean Black Lives Matter, I mean the Bureau of Land Management, has been stealing our ranchers, farmers, and Indian Native American land and selling it, with the help of Hillary Clinton, to corporations that come from China and Russia. And that's why the ranchers or live it out in Oregon. So anything else that you hear about that is not true. Who is the only one that made a statement against BLM? Again, that was not Black Lives Matter. It was Donald Trump. He said the land belongs to the states. They have no right to sell this land. The federal government doesn't own anything. Bureau of Land well, Management. What would you say to people who say he's, well, when he said he, real quick, 
because I know people are so what people are thinking right now. Say, so, well, wait a minute. Uh, Donald Trump says he's uh, for eminent domain, and eminent domain is a great thing. What would uh, people say? What would you say to that? To people who say that. You need to have eminent domain in order to create things like roads. But Donald Trump, if you look at what he did with eminent domain, he believes that it has to be fair and equitable. And he offered this woman a lot of money. And when she said no, which she did, he moved on. What people don't realize is he didn't – the story is very twisted because – councilman of Atlantic City wanted him to build the garage. They went after the woman first. Then they couldn't get anything. They told Donald Trump to go after her. He offered her a lot of money. She said no. He turned around and said no. There's nothing wrong with asking if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. A deal, as he feels, when you read his book called The Art of the Deal, has to be fair and equitable on both sides. Both sides have to walk away from the table feeling success. And he's not seeing that now. The other thing that people don't understand is that Ted Cruz... Okay. Let me describe the conservative movement, so to speak. The conservatives, if you listen to Glenn Beck, Mark Levin, all those people, they use key words and they repeat them over and over again. Constitution is one of them. Um, Conservative is another. They do not realize that the children in school are being taught that the Constitution is a horrible document that will keep them in chains. So when you say Constitution, the Democrats or ethnic groups or minorities freak out because they think they're going to, they've been taught that that's going to put them back in the 50s. And they're going to have to fight for their civil rights all over again which they should have had anyway because the Constitution does not say all white men. It says all men. It says we the people. It doesn't say we the black people or the Hispanic people. It says we the people. So all these amendments are unnecessary if you understand the Constitution. Regardless of that, go back and look at Ted Cruz's background. He worked his only job for a law firm that I think could be biggest, could be next biggest, not sure exactly, pretty big client and associate with the United Nations. And they did work on the Wilderness Project, which is part uh, excuse me, on the Wildlands Project, which was part of Agenda 21. So Ted Cruz knows all about Agenda 21, and he should know all about what's going on with the land, and yet he signed on to the Trans-Pacific Partnership. That does not compute, because that document says America will have no sovereignty. The world court will supersede the mm-hmm. Constitution. I don't think so. 
But yes, yes Ted Cruz. That's right. And Ted Cruz voted for that. So why would he have voted for that? Well, because of the law firm, because he was appointed to his first job by the Bush family, and they mentored him, and because his wife is a member of the Council on Foreign Relations, that communist organization (laughs) that works with the United Nations. Um, He also is very involved with... Uh, Goldman Sachs through his wife, and they are all huge, huge, huge globalists. So I go back and I look at, you know, Ted Cruz and all the grandstanding and everything, and I believe that he's very sincere, but somehow in the back of my head it's saying, oh, is he doing this because he knows the bill is going to pass and this is the opportunity to make a grandstand? That goes through my head. The other thing is he, these people were there giving Obama everything he wants. Ted Cruz was there. Marco Rubio was there. Where were they? Where were their, where were their voices? Oh, until they decided they wanted to run for president. That we didn't really hear from them that much, except Ted Cruz did make a big stink about Obamacare, knowing very well that it was going to pass anyway. Yeah, I kind of wondered that too, and I made a statement to that uh, effect of one of our uh, one of my friends uh, who you know used to be one of the panelists on the show. Um, and I was like, look, you know, that's I mean, positioning himself to run for president was kind of my you know take. And it could be. I mean, I mean, Cruz could very well, in, in a lot of senses, be genuine. But it's same with you. I, I still still have those in the back of my head. I mean, I even have uh, I've talked to people who are almost comparing him to Reagan. You know, saying well, he's the the closest thing oh, to a Reaganite, yeah. I would say, other than New Gingers, uh, that that we could possibly get. Go ahead. And we do have uh, plenty of folks in the line. When you like to chime in, we will get you in. There's definitely plenty of time, uh, so we will get you in on the show. And then when you are ready to come in, push the one in your number dial, and we'll, we will get you in uh, in the order that you uh, let me know that you wanted to come on the line. Go ahead, Karen. Um, I was just going to say, one of the things that they learned is that everything is cyclical. Okay, well, everything is cyclical. That could be cyclical good. It could be cyclical bad. But if you want to change the cycle, you have to stop mm-hmm. playing games and you have to do something different. So to me, if I look at Ted Cruz and Donald Trump, I would say Donald Trump would be the one that would be different. Now, um, his ego is humongous. So for him to do a lot of things and lie about them, I don't think so. I think what happens, well, first of all, I don't think people realize that he was a Republican for quite some time. And he gives donations as a businessman to both sides. Both sides. If you lived in New York, which I did, and you own a business in New York, which I did, if you didn't get politically active, which I didn't, you didn't get anywhere, which I didn't until I got politically active, and then all of a sudden. So that's the way it works. So you have to play both mm-hmm. sides again, you know. But, and he's up, he, he's 
up there with all of these elite people. So, therefore, he participates in their functions, and he's absolutely right. And what he said was, which, of course, nobody picks up, was, I saw what was going on, and it's wrong. I saw what it's doing. It's wrong. So that's what really, to me, motivates him, because it's not about the money. It's about he believes that America, Americans, should be have access to the things that he had access to, that there isn't any reason why anybody can't be rich. And what's going on right now is horrible. And what's going on right now to me is wonderful, and I hope the big corporations crumble and fall, and I hope they close a few more businesses. Because when they close, Americans will open mom and pops again, and they will make money. Because the need is not going to go away, it's just going to change. And Donald Trump is right on that as well. Because if we bring the jobs and we bring the business back to America, it doesn't matter to Americans. We always paid a little bit more. America was set up as the incubator for the world, really. And we are the incubator for the world for two very important reasons. And that's Amendment 1 and Amendment 2 in the Constitution. No other country has that. So by having the right to free speech, having the right to press, having the right to redress our grievances with our government, having the right to assemble, and having the right for a free press, no other country has that. And now, and we were given the way to protect it in the Second Amendment. That's what that is all about. So you can rest assured that you want somebody who will say, I will protect the Second Amendment with my life. And And real real quick, Karen, I hate to interrupt you, but I do see it is the bottom of the hour, so I've got some programming notes uh, to do. If uh, you're listening to the show, whether you're new or whether you are a continued listener, Check out the Bard's Logic Political Talk website by going to www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Uh, check out our different pages, including the Newsmax TV page, as well as the Bard's Logic Newsroom, uh, where you can have access to articles. Then there's also on the homepage where you can tweet and tweet out the links to uh, tonight's show, which I'd really appreciate it if you send uh, the link to tonight's show out to your Twitter followers as well as you can follow me, the host, uh, on Twitter as well. And also, if you go to the contact page, you can see the email that goes out to the folks on our email list. Uh, if you'd like to uh, copy and paste that to the body of your email, send out uh, the information uh, we're sharing tonight, as well as the link for tonight's show. Uh, that's appreciated as well. And, of course, let's also hear from our friends from the Patriot Journalist Network. You're not just listening to a show, you're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team, grassroots, conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at PatriotJournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle 
to your hustle. Well, definitely, folks, check out the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com as well as share out tonight's link for the podcast of the show by going to uh, the show's website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. And if you are here on the Blog Talk Radio, there is a follow button, which will allow you to follow tonight's show, uh, follow the show, where you also can get emails that way for upcoming and past episodes. And so uh, thank you very much, uh, Karen. I hate to interrupt you, but I do need to do those uh, programming notes uh, at the no, bottom and uh, top of the hours. So I'll bring it back to you. Okay. Um, what I was saying was you got to always look at what's happening like it's a pyramid and remember that everything is connected. Nothing happens at random. Everything has a plan. Everything is pre-planned. And everything is a lie. So if you remember all of that, and then you look at what they're doing and you say money, power, control, because that's what it's all about. Who's going to make the money? Who's going to get some power? And what are they going to do to the people that further control them? That's all they care about. That's every single program. They also, this is the neoconservatives. They go out and they yell that they're conservative, they're conservative, they're conservative. What they are, in reality, are totalitarian, and they want you, us, to behave the way they want us to behave because we are easier to control when we behave that way. So they set up programs and they shovel everybody in a box and you have to fit within that program so they can chart and find you, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, and then they intermingle all of that information. Well, that starts now in kindergarten because the kids are using digital learning. They're using computers and they are now through a series of algorithms, they have now profiled the kids. So they are making mm-hmm. them into multi-men. Okay, well, this started in the 60s. So many of those kids have already been molded. And what we are seeing now are the results of that. So if you want to know what's coming next, go back and look at 1968. And there were lots of riots and bloodshed. So that's what's coming next. And, of course, Obama is going to be busy playing golf or something because this is not <laughs> his doing. And this is irrelevant to him. Well, the neoconservatives have locked on to certain key words which they use on a continual basis, such as limited government, um, actually conservatism and the Constitution. So let's take those three, because those are their most important things. Well, they scream and they say that Donald Trump is not conservative. He wants big government. Okay. As a teacher, if I would talk to my class in the 60s, I'd be talking about the Constitution, conservatism, limited government, oh, yes, and free market. Let's not forget free market. What Donald Trump is saying is 
I will go and clean up the government, get rid of redundant agencies, get rid of a lot of unconstitutional agencies, but he doesn't say that. He gets, says, gets rid of a lot of non-functional agencies, like the EPA, that don't seem to know what they're doing, like the Department of Education, that we're paying more and getting less. He doesn't like that. So what he's saying is, I'm going to do that. Now, if you didn't have a common core education and you understood common sense, you would be able to say, oh, if you eliminate waste, fraud, and abuse, and you consolidate and you close non-functional agencies, my goodness, you're limiting government. But they never make that connection. He's not for limited government. The next one, um, Constitution. Well, they're taught that the Constitution is a living, breathing document, and they should all be fighting for an Article 5 convention. And the last thing in the world that you ever would want to hear, see, or have anything to do with is an Article 5 convention because the new Constitution has already been written and it follows the UN Declaration of Human Rights, which eliminates um, Amendment 1 and 2. So that America can be the same as everyone else. What is happening now is the people are beginning to say, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a second here. They're listening to what Trump is saying, and he's saying very similar things to Cruz, only he's saying it in a non-neoconservative manner, and the people are understanding what he's saying. And that's the key, and that's how he's connecting with the people. So essentially, has he, is he conservative? Yes, he is, if you listen to what he's saying. But he doesn't come out all the time, I'm a conservative, I'm a conservative, I'm a conservative. If one more of the candidates had said that, I would say, and Reagan, Reagan, Reagan's name is always passed around. Only what they forget is that Reagan was a liberal Democrat before he was a conservative Republican. And yeah, a lot of people forget thing, that. And that's not a bad thing. See, to me, I was also. It's not a bad thing because you understand conservative conservatism, but you can talk to liberal Democrats, not progressive Democrats, liberal Democrats. It just. And you will find that you have more common ground than you don't. The problem is what the neocons have done is change the verbiage, change the definitions of the words for different groups. And how do they do that? They do that in the textbooks. Let's go back. Who owns and controls the textbooks? Here's thing. They are a Saudi Kuwaiti company that has a partner called Roger um, Rupert Murdoch. He controls the media and Hollywood. So you get double, triple whammies of indoctrination of the same thing. I watched, um, if you watch uh, one of those series and you listen to the, we were taught, you know, listen to the water cooler message. 
because that message is the message that is the subliminal messaging that gets filtered out through that whole day. And it's very true that does happen. So it's a very interesting thing. I watch, uh, you know, like a Law and Order show or uh, one of those, mm-hmm. right. you know, particular shows, and I go, okay, what's happening behind the scenes? Because that's what you have right. to learn. When all of this is going on, you have to say to yourself, okay, what's happening behind the scenes? Like, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, a lot of times, uh, and, and and we're going to, in about five minutes, we're going to get the, the other callers in, um, but we're going to, uh, yeah, I've seen that, you know, TV, they definitely, you can see an agenda with them, and they're definitely trying to make uh, what's out there, you know, the norm, you know, what, what right. they want to have people consider to be the norm, that's what they're putting on the television shows, that's one of the reasons why uh, there's very few TV shows that, uh, that I watch, I think I lit my uh, TV to like three shows, and that's, you know, and those are seasonal shows, but, you know, they're on for about two and a half months or so, three months, and then they're over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's uh, that's, Vi- that's Vikings, well, you know, oh, Game yes. of Thrones, yes. and, and the Shannara Chronicles. That's about the only thing. Uh, so, who were the Vikings? Who are the, who are the offspring of the Vikings? Uh-huh. I'm sorry, I, 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 you were breaking up there. I missed what you were. You were kind of fading out. Oh, I missed what you said. I said, who are the offspring down the family tree of the Vikings? If you listen on the Vikings, who were they fighting? They were fighting the Christians. Why? They yeah, they're fighting the Christians. Christians. Oh. Yeah, yeah, the, the Norse. Yeah, the the Norse gods, right? That's right. So who were the Vikings? Who were their offspring? Well, their offspring became the Muslims. First they became the Moors, then they became the Muslims. They're all the same. Nothing changes. Everything is the same. It's just, And these people for generations and generations have been doing the same thing. What's happening now is the culmination... Well, no, the Vikings and, became... Uh, well, the Vikings didn't really become Muslims because... They might be your. They're they're, they're probably closer to your latter day uh, gayists uh, and uh, you know things of that nature, druids, things of that nature. I don't know if they'd be they'd be Muslims. I, I know a little bit about that because you know I'm of the druidic faith. So go ahead. Uh-huh. Well, it's a very it's very interesting when you watch those shows. I love to watch the history shows. I like to watch the science shows. And the other day I'm. Listening to the scientists on the universe, they're talking, they're talking about the universe and the wonders of the universe, and they make the, the statement that says, we humans think we can do something, but nobody can get in the way of Mother Nature. When she wants to do something, it does not matter. And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, how can these people go out and tell other people that they are responsible for global warming? or global weather, after making statements like that. There's no consistency either. That's why you know it's a lie. But in any event, to get back to Trump, what Trump has done is he has tapped into Americans, people who are tired of being categorized, being tired of stepped on, being tired of being told that their success is their failure, 
white privilege is the stupidest thing that I ever heard of. And it's a shame that the Constitution was not followed, and it is a shame that Woodrow Wilson resegregated the government because we wouldn't be having this conversation at this time now. However, with that said, Donald Trump has tapped into the energy of the former silent majority, and he has become the messenger because it's time that we had a leader. Because for the last 20 years, we haven't had a leader. 30 years, I guess. That was one and at this time, Karen, I'm going to go ahead and uh, open up the mic for those who want to uh, continue on uh, with your conversation. Of course, uh, stay on the line, as we do here at the show, is keep the lines open. Uh, once we have them on, I'm sure there's folks who uh, want to have some questions, comments to you as, uh, about uh, everything you said as well as uh, our topic for tonight and uh, what happened in Brussels. And does that make more sense with what Donald, with what Donald Trump has been saying in the past, especially with, uh, taking having a, ma- a memorandum of sorts of having Muslims into uh, this country. Uh, has he been right about that now seeing what's uh, happened there in Brussels? And so that will, be, of course, uh, have, be part of our conversation tonight. But let's go ahead and bring in Cindy. Thank you very much, Cindy, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Hi, Karen. Well, it's great to hear from you. We, we missed you dearly. <laughs> yeah, well, hi. I was sick for a long time, and then I was up to my eyeballs and catching up on everything. <laughs> well, um, you know, I, I I was really, you know, I asked Karen, you know, to come on because I, I was really impressed with the article that she had written the other day mm-hmm. um, right, having to do with um, George Washington's comments and all that. And, um you know, as as we're sitting here watching the GOP, the GOP elite people just totally lose control. I mean, they are totally out of control. They mm-hmm. they are they have actually said in public they'd rather have Hillary than Donald Trump. You got Bloomberg. Do they rather have a politician? Right, okay. and and they've got they've got Bloomberg and others writing articles on how Republicans, uh, lifelong Republicans, are going to be willing to give the election to Hillary. They're going to be voting for her rather than Trump. Um, Fox is giving all this credibility to these GOP elitists by having them on to spew all this junk. And, and, um, and, And they think that they think, do they forget and do they think we forgot what they did in 2012 with the rules changes and all. Now this is this is really this is really an ironic and hilarious thing that is about to happen. Okay, if Trump for some reason, I mean, it looks like he has a path to get his 1,237 delegates. But let's, let's fight. Hope he gets it for that. But. The, the the Republican GOP uh, elitists are not giving up. They're working day and night to try to come up with a with a um, strategy to get rid of him. Stuff that they have used didn't work. 
Um, they think they've got other things they can use. And to tell you the truth, I fear for his life. I mean, we had this one thing happen the other day. A uh, guy comes with an Uzi, and then they just let him go. They just totally let him go. The, the, the police let him go. That guy who comes up on a stage, tries to get on the stage with Trump, has a gun, and they're just going to let him go? What's up with that? So anyway, there, um, but here's, here's the gooey part. Here's gooey. Okay, we all know that they changed the rules last, last um, convention. They changed them so that instead of seven, uh, winning seven states, you have to win eight. They've, mm-hmm. they've said that, you know, you, you, you can't, um, no, no delegates can change uh, their, their um, who they're supposed, you know, they have to stay committed to who they are until, until well, after. Well, then fine, and that's going to hurt them this time around, right? Are they going to change right. it back to them? That's what, that's what I'm trying well, to say. So now, is that you make a rule because that was made for Ron Paul, so Ron Paul wouldn't get and wouldn't be able to get a foothold in the election. But what they, right. you know, you're absolutely right. But what people are forgetting in the last six months, the membership of the Republican Party has escalated exponentially, and it didn't escalate exponentially because Paul Rove or Jeff Bush. <laughs> it was Donald Trump. So now That's right. what I'm asking them, I'm saying, well, wait a minute. You said you wanted new people. You wanted, how could you get the Democrats? Yeah. How could you get the minorities? How could you get, you got a man who is now doing it and you don't want mm-hmm. it. That wasn't really what you wanted. You lied to begin with. Well, because oh. they thought that man was Rubio. They thought that man was Rubio. No, no. And, and no, obviously the people said they didn't want Rubio. No, they, no, they wanted Bush. They, they wanted Bush. Bush. That was, they wanted Bush. We had so much dirt on him. <laughs> I wish that they would have put something. Just so we could have exposed him. He made a yeah. partnership with Florida and the United Nations and gave our skin yeah. away. And they wanted him. So yep. it gives you the idea of the people we're dealing with. They're not going to stop and play nice because there's trillions of dollars here. And they like it fine the way it is. They don't want the American people to have jobs. They don't want because then there's no control. Go back to control. So but here's the thing, Karen. Are, you know, the delegates can, uh, a week, the week before the uh, convention, They've got the rules committee um, meetings, and they can actually change those rules back again, uh, or they can There's change them in any way they that. want to try to, to try to keep them. They can only yeah. change them to the next convention, not to the current convention. Exactly. So now, now here's the thing, though. Um, they never the rules committee's activities has never been something that the general public paid attention to until 2012 when they did so they changed so many uh, rules in such an egregious way that mm-hmm. um, really just slapped the face of the conservative uh, grassroots movement 
And um, uh, Mr. Blackwell, who was on the show one time after the convention, and, get him on again, I'm sure. and, and helped us to uh, uh, understand what happened there, um, was very clear that what they did absolutely reversed the last decade or so of rules changes they had made in the favor of the grassroots to make it I know, but um, better for the grassroots. So what they did basically when they changed the rules in 2012, they made a huge impression on the general population of the Republican Party. Now, of course, there's half, more than half the Republican Party is just sitting there asleep uh, in front of their television watching reality TV. But the part of us who stay politically active, um, we were woken up like with a slap in the face. We were woken up by these rules change, the 2012 rules changes, and we stood with our mouths open. Now, here's the thing. This time in 2016, if they mess with the rules again, it is going to be so obvious so obvious what they are doing. Trump is not going to put up with it. And at that point, I think that uh, if they take the nomination away from him uh, when he has won it under the rules from 2012, they're looking for big trouble. And that tells me they just plain don't care. They don't care if Trump runs as a third party. They don't care if Hillary wins. Um, they just want their control, and it doesn't have anything to do with, you know, who's going to be the best president or who's going to change this nation and, and get us out of debt, who's going to um, make all the conservative uh, changes that we need to make. Uh, they don't care anything about that. The only thing they care about is that they keep their power so that they keep their little ways to make their billions of money. They're billions of dollars because that's what they're using their political um, seats for is to make money. They're not exactly. they're not sitting they're not sitting there because uh, they want to do the best they can for their community or their constituents or their nation. Uh, they're not sitting there because they care about uh, who America is in the in the world around them. Uh, that America is a leader. They don't care about any of that. All they care about is that they have the power to control the money. And that is the bottom line. And they have become so transparent about it that it's scary because it, it means that they know that the makeup, the demographics of the United States of America nowadays is such that more than half of us now could care less about uh, the sovereignty of America, could care less about the Constitution, could it's care less that, about... Okay. You, I agree with you 100%, but it's not that they don't care. They have been taught the wrong information. So they think... The people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. So, oh, yeah. You know, that's, that's the whole... Well, they, but they don't... Everything. One at a time, and, and Karen, they, we can't hear you real well. If you could, put, uh, you know, if we could pull up the gain or something, we're having a hard time uh, hearing you a little bit. Karen, go ahead. 
Okay. Um, if everybody could recognize exactly 100% what you're saying, it is exactly 100% correct. They only care about themselves and making more money. They don't care about anything. They don't care. And they use the people as experiments. So that hasn't gone away yeah. either. And they are using ISIS to cleanse the population because if you listen to them, we're overpopulated. Too many people on the planet. Too many people in America. I got news for you. If we took all the families in America and we put them in the state of Ohio, we would all fit on a quarter of an acre apiece. Mm-hmm. So America is not overpopulated. The problem is that there's too many people for them to control. So they're using mm-hmm. ISIS as a control mechanism. It fits right in. They've done this for years. Hitler partnered with, I forgot the king's name, um, but he, that's why they were fighting in northern Africa. He partnered with the Muslims to go and do exactly the same thing. This has not changed. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. People are even the same people. They're the same players, and they are the same things. The only difference is, is Donald Trump because I don't think, I think they viewed him as a loose cannon and didn't want to let him in the club, and he got mad. Aside from the fact that I think that he's smart enough to realize and does realize that his empire is in America. And if America goes down, so does his empire. Mm -hmm. And he truly loves America. Um, You know, and and the American people, look, (laughs) like I said in the beginning, he's been a prime figure for 40 years. I don't think there's very much about him that we don't already know. Yeah, it's probably so, killing them. They can't that, find something that we are we don't already know. You know, Trump. You mentioned that Trump doesn't fit in with them. He's not old money. That's the problem. His dad was not rich right. enough to be old money. Right. He he yes. never fit in with them because he is new money. He made his own fortune, and he did it his way. You know the New York song, "I Did It My right. Way," um, yep. and and and. These attempts on his life are all um, because he's trying to force his way in to a power position where nobody wants him, uh, none of those elite people want him to be because they consider oh, him the outsider. Is it lady that I, I hate to say it, but it's, it, it, is about the top, it is about the top of the hour, so i got to do some uh, programming notes. And then we're going to get Susan in, and we also have Kelly, and I believe we have John in as let's get in as well. We will get you into the show. There's plenty of time. We've still got uh, two minutes, but I do see that we are approaching the top of the hour. So, folks, whether you're listening now live or whether you are listening uh, to the podcast, uh, of course, the host here will appreciate if you visit the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Check it out, especially uh, most importantly, I think, is two things. One, we also have uh, the Give page where we have some great uh, organizations where if you would like to uh, give them uh, some funds or help them out, we have that page on the website as well. But, of course, you can uh, share out the link so others can hear the show and then join us as well. And you can do that in two ways, one, by tweeting it out to your Twitter followers. uh, And you can also take the 
email that I have on the bottom of the contact page. You can just copy and paste. That also has the link to tonight's show. Uh, you can also send it out that way, or just use the link that's used tonight to share on your Facebook page or other social medias, uh, things of that nature. There's LinkedIn as well. So uh, I'd really appreciate it if you take the time either uh, now or after the show to uh, share out the link, because as the voice of the grassroots, uh, the We the People grassroots show, that's how uh, we get our voice heard is by us uh, sharing it out together. And so, of course, again, let's go ahead and hear for those who are new listening to the show uh, from the Patriot Journalist Network. You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team, grassroots, conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at patriotjournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. Yes, folks, check out the Patriot Journalist Network by going to the website at www.patriotjournalist.com. As I said earlier, we do have about two hours left, uh, so let's go ahead and roll things along. We have plenty of folks on the line who would like to chime in. Also want to talk about our other topics tonight, uh, but let's go ahead and bring in Susan. Thank you very much, Susan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hi. Well, and John, I you are next, and then Kelly. I don't know I'll say for the late part, but I'm, I was four days gone. We were in Seattle, and I have a long day tomorrow, so I'm exhausted since <laughs> we got back. It's a long drive, you know. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. we were there, and my daughter was driving along, and guess who she saw, even though she's not political? She heard a familiar voice, and it was Bernie Sanders in town filling the key arena, and um, people, I think, 7,000 people were outside the arena. I think he's going to take Washington. He took Idaho. And what's really funny, you're going to love this one. She told me that one of the big schools, colleges, universities in Ohio always says who's going to win. And some guy that is a psychic reader, and neither one of them have ever been wrong. And they're both saying Bernie Sanders is going to take it all. <laughs> so either. either, either. Oh, I, I, thinking, I think. They might need well, to change their you know career. What? They never yeah. been wrong. So, you know, if she gets in trouble, like they're saying all the way along here, if by any chance Bernie will be picked, I'll tell you. So I've been saying all the way along that. Uh, I I think Bernie's going to take it, too. Now, as to whether he's going to take it over the Republican, I don't know, because that will depend on the situation and who destroys who. I'm still my Rand Paul guy, and, uh, of course, he's not running anymore, so I'm out of luck. And uh, there's still, um, uh, whatchamacallit, um, Gary Johnson waiting in the wings to see what the fallout is from everyone. So we'll, we'll see what's going on. Um, as to uh, different people picking different people, I'll tell you what, I've had my show. It's on my page. Several people left the group. Everybody's targeting Cruz's wife. Everybody, and I don't mean for the Goldman Sachs, but she was a call girl, and Trump's wife was and posed naked. And this, I'm like, I don't 
care. Yeah, I don't care either. This is stupid. I mean, short of her having. I mean, look at Bill Clinton and what he did, and he kept him in his presence, so, you know. Uh, who cares? It's just stupid. I, you know, I'm, Yeah, I don't care. Cat, she is part of Golden Sachs. So there's a reason to attack her. As far as the New World Order and Global Elite, uh, I've known about this. The other lady talked about it. Uh, when you're part of the John Bush Society, you learn this. It's grounded into you. It is driven into you, you know what's going on. And I don't know if you got my last blog about um, hidden power, but I sent it to you um, through email. And uh, I've got Yeah, so I'll, I'll check that my, out. I've even got some thumbs up from some liberals. I usually do with my blogs because I don't, I don't just hit. I, I, I spread the responsibility across both parties, you know, and in the one uh, um that I did, I, I lauded Bernie Sanders and I lauded uh, Sessions in both articles. So I had both of them that loved it. And, you know, there's fault to be passed around on both sides. Um, whatever you think of Bernie Sanders, he does some good things. And I'm not saying I'm voting for him. I'm saying that I would really rather have him as the party nominee than Hillary Clinton. No, I can't stand her. Well, so, and that's the only way she... I, I still think the only way Hillary would, I mean, the only way Sanders would get it is if Hillary gets indicted, which with every passing day, I think that's going to be more and more or less likely. Well, I don't know. They say the FBI is still doing So whether they'll charge her, whether it'll stick, I don't know. I certainly hope, I don't understand how she can get away with it, how people would allow them to. And I think there are some um, Bernie Sanders supporters they're going to go independent third party, and they are going to go uh, for Trump because I have one of my clients. He said, I have a lot of liberal friends. And he said, I'll tell you what, they're going to switch and vote for Trump. Uh, okay, well, my girlfriend in Massachusetts is too. She said, if, if Bernie don't get it, she's going with Trump. So, you know, a lot of them hate Hillary. They hate her, even the Democrats. So, you know, what can I say? But yeah, so let's talk about and, and there's talk uh, real, real quick, and you know, and I'll inter- interject a lot, but and there's um, I mean, yeah, there's even talk about you know, I see some of the talking heads because you know I watch both Fox News and CNN, uh, but but and this is on both sides, you know, they're now they're talking about oh well, there's gonna be some Republicans that said that you know what, if Donald Trump becomes the nominee, they're gonna vote for Hillary Clinton. That's such a crock of bullshit that I've ever seen. There is not any I don't know any Republicans I mean I know Republicans that'll sit out. I know Republicans that will uh vote for a third party candidate. There is not a Republican out there who is really a Republican that would ever, even if Donald Trump is the nominee, would ever Scratch in that box for Hillary Clinton. I think there is a loathing and an no. a natural loathing of Republicans against uh, against Hillary Clinton. I just I do not see a Republican voting for Hillary Clinton. No, I can see Bernie Sanders voting for Trump because they, they they see him as an outsider. They they they, they see the Trump support. I mean, sorry, Bernie supporters, even though they're Democrats and he's an independent running as a Democrat, they still see the Bernie Trump as an outsider. So I can see them more so voting for Trump than I could see that, you know, uh, a, Trump, I mean, uh, a Republican voting for Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I agree. 
Well, when when you see uh, you know Romney out there supporting everybody but Trump, um, you know every every state it's a different person that he's uh, he's endorsing these days. You, it's so obvious <clears throat> uh, what's going on against Trump, and, and oh, yeah. there's so much there's so much mendacity in the reporting and in the media. Um, about this hatred towards Trump. If there was so much hatred towards Trump, why is he so high in the polls? Why is he winning uh, these things? And you know, uh, the primaries, and you know, it makes me wonder, looking at the crowds that Bernie Sanders has and the lack of crowds that Hillary has, looking at the crowds that Trump has and the lack of crowds that the others have had, it, it, it makes you wonder what's going on in that ballot box. What's going on in that computer that counts those votes? Um, mm-hmm. I agree. What what is Very in the good. program? What's in the program of those boxes, those voting boxes, that is totally skewing what they're making it seem to be in the media and what is reality on the ground? They're controlling the software. The mm-hmm. software company, the, first of all, the Debolt machines are uh, made in Venezuela. And the software company that is exactly. uh, from Spain, and it is a George Soros company. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to say any more than that. No. Manipulating. Yep. And that's why Trump with huge numbers would be hard to manipulate against. And that's why they're panicked, aside from the fact that if, you know, when he gets elected, it's game over for them because they won't be able to play the games that they're playing. And they're panicked on that as well. And they they have to create the uh, Bill Ayers chaos to discredit any way they can. And you're right, they these people... The neocons would rather vote for Hillary than vote for Trump because with Hillary, it's business as usual, and with Trump, Mm -hmm. it's, oh, my goodness, I may not have a business. Oh, yeah, the the, the powers that be definitely, you know, the the neocons, as you call them, I mean, yeah, that definitely would support Hillary before Donald Trump, and I've made that, you know, observation, you know, some time ago, is that they'd rather vote for somebody who's a politician than they ever would uh, someone who's uh, just an odd politician, you know, frankly, uh, Donald Trump. But let's go ahead and bring John in. And so let's uh, welcome John. Thank you very much, uh, John, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? You got me live? John, uh, calling on Skype? Yes, you're on the the air. Okay, well, I pulled myself out of the queue. Oh, okay. Well, just push to one again if you'd like uh, to get back in, okay? Sure. Okay, thank you, John. <laughs> okay, well then let's go ahead and uh, put in. Let's go ahead and put in Kelly. Uh, thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm so excited! I'm so excited! I've been trying for years to call in. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay yeah, I joke around a lot. We appreciate oh, you, uh, Kelly. Yeah, Karen, I'm really glad that you came on the show. Um, 
New York. Are, are you from New York? Is that right? Yes. Originally. Okay. Yes. Oh, originally. Okay. Yeah. So you understand New York. New Yorkers are a little better. Of course, upstate is different. Yes. Um, I um, I went to college upstate and lived in New Jersey, so it's kind of a combination there. Oh, okay. So you were in, in Jersey, Jersey? They call it Jersey. New Jersey. Well, my yes, my mother was an opera singer, so she wouldn't let us speak like we were from Brooklyn. She <laughs> get on our case. We were not allowed to. I can't hear what you're saying, Karen. Sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I wanted to answer you one of your questions. You know, who are the descendants of the uh, of the Vikings? Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of study on this, and it, a lot of it has to do with the English language because the English language in world history is a Johnny Come Lately. Um, fascinating study if you ever look into it. I mean, uh, Tebbit Alphabetical, 1604, that was Middle English. Noah Webster, 1828. But uh, we've gotten word from all sorts of other countries, like uh, Justice is from, uh, Justice in the Courts are from the French. Even Parliament is a French word. Um, you know, Germanically based and all, and, and the Vikings, they conquered two thirds of, of England. They gave us a few words, and as you remember, the Vikings, they have, um, in conquering England, they plundered, raped, and murdered on their way through. And right. uh, they gave us the they gave us the word law. So when someone says to you, "I'm an attorney at law," you really know what's going to happen to you. <laughs> right. So the, the <laughs> oh, Vikings, oh got it, yeah. got it, Kelly. Yeah, yeah. So the descendants of the yeah, the de- <laughs> yeah, so the descendants of the Vikings are actually lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great answer. Oh, I love that. That yeah. is really, really good. Love that. Yeah. Very good. Good answer. Kelly's yeah. our resident comedian. <laughs> Liars, lawyers, liars, liars. Well, the American Bar Association is heavily connected and invested in the United Nations. So all of the laws are now slanted for the government, of course, except today was very interesting. The Supreme Court um, ruled that the stun gun, um, (laughs) so that now it's different formats, that you can use to protect yourself, and that is so important. That is the only reason why we are not looking like Europe right now, and we have yeah. to remember mm-hmm. that. That's right. You know, well, that, is, so, that is it. So do you think New York is going to fall pretty heavily for uh, Trump then? Absolutely. I think that oh, yeah, certainly. New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. California. Uh, California. Uh, Cruz is going to get to places where there are caucuses because he's got Romney and all of the neocons going with, back. Like Wisconsin. He'll take Wisconsin. And remember, all of these people want an Article 5 convention with a new constitution. They were all are all for the Trans-Pacific Partnership and fair trade, which means America gets screwed and everybody else uh, uh, rapes and pillages. Isn't that nice? Maybe those are the descendants of the Vikings. 
the neocons. But anyway, they are the globalists. It is their goal to eliminate America and make us subservient to the world's court controlled by the communist United Nations. So um, they are shaking in their shoes at the perspective of a Trump presidency, although I believe it was the prime minister of Hungary, I can't remember which one, one of them, said that Trump is right, and uh, he hopes that he becomes president and makes America great again, because without America, the world is in chaos, and he's right on many, many, many fronts, but to answer your question on Belgium, he was absolutely right. Uh, London is, is a mess. People, I don't know if you remember back in the 70s and 80s, Lebanon. Lebanon was the Switzerland of the Middle East. It was the financial hub. It was a beautiful city, and it was um, a, a, like a neutral zone where a lot of business was done. It was a beautiful area. And then the PLO came into Lebanon and took it over, and they bombed it to business. And now Lebanon is a third-world country, and they destroyed, killed, plundered, pillaged all of the Christians. Yeah, it was a very heavily Christian nation. And it was a Christian nation until the PLO took it over. And that's what's going on in Europe right now, soon coming to America. Mm-hmm. So this is this is very, very serious stuff that's going on right now. And I don't think Cruz will do anything about it because his donor list is making me shake in my shoes. And do you think... Do you think there's a suspicion? Well, I know there's a suspicion. Is there any basis to it? There's a suspicion that Trump might just kind of, yeah, I won, and then he turns on America, or do you think he's true through and through? I believe, and I don't know him, but know of him and lived through the Trump era, I believe that his ego is such that he looks at America as a a huge success story. And to be able to attach his name to that gives him power. And I think that's what this is about for him. I think that this is kind of like, oh, yeah, you think I can't do this? Well, I'll show you. (laughs) And I also think that his business is heavily invested in America. And if the Americans fall apart, his business will fall apart a portion of it as well. And he doesn't want to see that happen. And I, you know, you can't blame him for that. So he has a vested interest in multiple ways. But look at him and look at his family, his children. If he was all of the horrible, atrocious things that people have called him, would he have children like that? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. You, you know, what do you think um, uh, when when um, when Trump says 
he wants to make America great again. Um, and he makes and, and all real these quick, promises uh, that he's going r- r- to. And real quick, r- real quick, um, uh, as I said, would you see other folks on the line if you'd like to chime in? Uh, just push the one on your number dial, and we'll get you in. I believe we have uh, Ed on the line. Uh, we'll get you in soon, Ed. Go ahead, uh, Sonny. Okay. He, he, he's, saying, he's saying to people, I'm the one that's going to make America great again. He is making a huge, he, he's making a huge egotistical statement that says, I can do this, and I'm going to do it. Now, for for the 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 typical Washington politician that comes into Washington, even the ones that start out being Mr. Smith going to Washington, they all get sold out somehow or other. They they sell out, and and they don't seem to mind that the people, the folks back home, the people in the nation, call them hypocrites and. Uh, you know, they're uh, they're just out for themselves and and stuff like that. They don't seem to mind. Those typical politicians don't seem to mind being caught in a lie, or as they can explain away the reason why they didn't vote for this or didn't vote for that or they did vote for this or that. I think that Trump, in his heart, if he did if he got the presidency and then didn't make America great again, I think he would be totally embarrassed. I think that, that would be like the most embarrassing thing that could ever happen to Trump, and he won't let that happen. No, I agree. That's his ego. I agree with you 100%. His ego says, this is a, a diamond in the rough, and I want to make it into a diamond. And if I could do that with my business, I certainly could do that with America. And I believe he truly loves America. And he's not looking at, you know, and he says it enough times that the way he says it, he looks at it as a business. And Mm -hmm. if your foundation is rotten, you can't build on it. So the first thing you've got to do is make your foundation strong, which is build up America, he says it enough times. See, now here's the other thing that the neocons will say. He's not conservative. He doesn't talk about the Constitution. He doesn't talk about the Constitution, but he continually says, we're a country of laws, and if we don't follow our laws, we have no country. We're a country of borders. If we don't have borders, we are no country. Well, he's following the Constitution, but he's not saying, I'm following the Constitution. You know, he's not ringing that, I'm following the Constitution bell, so they then turn around and say, see, he's not conservative. He doesn't have conservative values. They don't listen to what he says because he doesn't say the right trigger words, which are the words they learn in school. You have to look after the trigger words. So, but those words that he's not using are connecting with the masses of people because they have been taught in school that conservatives hate them you know, they're the usual, they want dirty air, dirty water, blah, 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 blah. They hate them. And limited government means I'm going to take away all your subsidies and you're going to have nothing. And nobody's going to take care of you and you're going to go to hell in a handbag and you're going to be out in the street and ha, ha, ha. So that's what limited government means to them. Um, When they say we're going to follow the Constitution, they have been taught, Oh, my God, they're going to put us back in chains again. Here we go. They're going to take away all our rights. We're not going to have... 
That's well, the thing And people don't realize that you can't connect with the people, you know, like, like we said before, the Republican Party said we want new members, we want this, we wanted minorities. You can't connect with them when you use the words that frighten you. You have to use different words. Well, Donald Trump doesn't use those words that frighten them, so they understand what he's saying. And really what he's saying is exactly what the neocons are saying, but instead of saying, and you're going to have the power, he's saying the people should have the power. The Bureau of Land Management shouldn't steal people's land. If the land doesn't belong to the federal government, because the land, the federal government can't own any land. The land belongs to the state. Well, that's part of the Constitution, but he didn't say, I'm going to follow the Constitution, everybody, you know, chime, ding, ding, ding. Um, he said the federal government shouldn't own land. That land should go back to the state. Hello? So this is... This is how he's connecting, and this is a wonderful thing because that's what's bringing Americans together. And I, I think it's terrific. I'm very, very excited. Haven't been for a long time. And we have uh, Chuck Suter on the line. Uh, I'd like to chime in. Uh, I believe uh, back in 2012 when we were, you know, having folks uh, go over and report from the uh, the rules uh, meetings. Uh, for the RNC and things of that nature, I believe he was uh, there reporting there uh, for us, w- for us, with us, and we have him on the line now. And so let's go ahead and uh, get him back in. Uh, Chuck, thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you? Hey, uh, I'm doing. I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for uh, having me back on again. Um, obviously, the the rules. Uh, what is going on is a total mess. We have a group of guys and girls, um, the same group of guys and girls that travel around the country um, almost feeling like we're wasting our money. Um, but we're going to be down there in Hollywood, Florida, April 20th for the spring meeting. And um, I'm not exactly sure what to expect. Um, I know a few folks are actually not even going to attend because – the real fight is going to be in Cleveland, Ohio in July. And boy, let me tell you what, there's going to be fireworks. It's, it's just, it's going to be explosive. There is no doubt what they are doing is trying to take the power away from the people. Now, what they did in, what they did in 2012, let's, let's, you know, walk people through it real quick is they tried to make sure that there was no chance that Ron Paul could end up with a brokered convention. Well, the thing was, Ron Paul, as much as I supported him, and everybody who's heard me on this show before knows that I'm a big-time Ron Paul supporter. I'm also friendly to Newt and, um, you know, some of the other conservative, um, uh, I want to say grassroots uh, candidates that uh, – that we've had in, through the Republican Party throughout the years. Well, here's the thing. They didn't need to stop Ron Paul from having a broker convention to steal the nomination from Mitt Romney because that was never going to happen. The only thing they needed to do was to stop Ron Paul from embarrassing Mitt Romney. 
And where Ron Paul failed in embarrassing Mitt Romney, Donald Trump has succeeded. Thank Thank God for Donald Trump embarrassing Jeb Bush, embarrassing all of them. And now, listen, I, you guys know, also know I supported Ted Cruz, but you look at what is going on right now, and there's no reason that we should trust the Cuban-Canadian Cruz. There's just no reason. And when you're supported by Lindsey Graham and Jeb Bush and all this BS, I mean, this is really, really looking bad, folks. This is really looking bad. So what we're going to have... Well, one person at a time, please. Go ahead, no, Chuck. The, the, no, I, I don't mind. I, if she has something to interject, I would love to hear it. Go ahead, Susan. No, I was and then Chuck, say, go ahead. Wait, wait till you start seeing the coverage on Fox News because they're going to start saying things like uh, they'll prefer Hillary, oh, Hillary for the economy. She'll do a better job. Right. Oh, oh, Hillary for the economy. Also, what's that guy? Luntz, 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 Luntz. Frank Luntz. Frank Luntz. He was paid by Romney to help in the Rubio campaign. So, I mean, all of these people are all connected. They are so panicked about losing their power, and this is the one shot that we have, and I suggest that everybody read the Declaration of Independence because this is exactly what this is about. Chuck, well, i got to ask you something. Go ahead. Chuck, it's Cindy Todd. Yeah. Hi. i, I got to ask you something. How are you? How are you, Cindy? I'm great, Chuck. I'm great. Listen, um, you know, one of the rules changes they made in 2012 was that they could change rules anywhere in between the conventions also. So if I were you guys, I would not ignore that convention, uh, that uh, spring meeting down there in Hollywood. I'd get there and I'd make sure they don't make any shenanigans down there. Because well, I can see them trying to change stuff down there to make uh, to help them get rid of Trump. They're absolutely well, and, and real quick, absolutely and real quick, well, real quick, I'm going to interject. Real quick, I'm going to interject, uh, and I definitely want to let's uh, let's talk off air, Chuck. Because I definitely want to do uh, you know, it doesn't matter what time it is. If we have to do a special edition of the show, I definitely want to do uh, a live show uh, with you guys down there, like we did in 2012, if you recall. Uh, how we did Absolutely. a live show with you guys, a uh, report from down there. I definitely want to do that you again it, uh, this year. Go ahead. Yeah, you got it. And uh, I believe, and I'm not exactly sure, but if my memory serves me right, that would be Rule 16C. I believe that is Rule yeah, 16C. Yeah, it was either it was either 16 or 43. I can't remember which oh, one. Oh no, 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 you're right. Actually, I think you're right. I think it is actually 43. And um, what what that is going to allow them to do is, and this is all from Ginsburg. This is all from Ginsburg, the guy who went and worked for Barack Obama after. He changed the rules for Mitt Romney. And this is the beauty of what Donald Trump has done. They're not going to be able to stop Trump. Here's the here's I honestly believe this. Donald Trump's got the money to do it. He's got the money to get on the ballot in every single state if they steal the Republican nomination from him. And his name is going to be on the ballot come November. And people can freak out and say, oh, if it comes out, well, well this is what I'm predicting. I'm predicting that it is going to be a 
what they're going, what they're trying to push is a Ted Cruz, John Kasich ticket. John Kasich is a guy from Ohio, so they believe, hey, look, we're going to win this with the guy from Ohio. Donald Trump is so bad. I mean, you've got Ted Cruz blaming the actions of Black Lives Matter and then over in Brussels, Muslim extremists on Donald Trump. That's all you need to know, know about Ted Cruz. That's all you need to know about Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz okay, is yeah. the Manchurian candidate. He's the Manchurian yep. candidate. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. so we're, we're going to go down there into uh, Hollywood, Florida, down there uh, April uh, 20th, uh, around about. And uh, the, we'll be down there for three days. Um, I'm going to be trying to uh, shoot some videos and do a little bit of broadcasting. I'll be more than happy to come on the show, and I'll bring uh, everybody I can, can on, uh, you know, Amy Heidegg, uh, Jeremy Blosser, uh, all the great folks from Texas and Minnesota and, and uh, Maine and where, wherever else uh, folks are. It, you know, it's, it's a long journey down to Florida from Maine and, and from Texas. Um and I think that's one of the reasons that they put it down there in Florida. It's a perfect scenario for them because it's away from just about everywhere where we actually have activists that are inside of the party. But I wanted to show you guys in on something that is going on in the state of North Carolina. Now, right now I'm back home in West Virginia where I'm originally from, but in North Carolina we have completely taken over the Republican Party. We have elected uh, the first black Republican chairman, elected by the Tea Party and the grassroots, um, uh, Chairman Hernett. And he is really fair. You know, we've got this other chairman, uh, a friend of mine, Daniel Rusty. He was a Ron Paul delegate down there to Tampa. Actually, I, I think he actually might have been a Sanforum delegate. He was a Ron Paul supporter, though, but he was a Sanforum delegate. I believe he actually... Uh, cast his vote for Santorum like he was directed to do by those who elected him. Good for him. And, exactly. And and this is what the whole scenario is about. And I guarantee you this is going on all across this country right now. So this is why if anybody listening to this right now has the same thing going on in their state, we need to start talking about it right now. Because what they're doing here in the state of North Carolina is they have Dallas, this guy, this establishment hack, Dallas Woodhouse, has made a motion on Palm Sunday. On Palm Sunday, they made a motion to censor our grassroots Tea Party chairman and uh, one of our best district chairmen. There's 13 districts in North Carolina. Daniel Rusty's the, uh, the chairman of the 12th district. They, they censored both of them. So nobody was willing to stand up for them because everybody's scared. And, 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 look, the fact of the matter is the establishment, you can say what you want about them, but they've got more balls than most of our guys do. Unfortunately, most of our guys and girls just don't have the guts to stand up, and they don't want to fight. They want to play nice. And it's, this is no time to be playing nice. This is a time to be calling it out for what it is. And what is going on in North Carolina right now is, and I've talked to the chairman, I've talked to Rusty, I've talked to many people, and, you know, there's a lot. I, I really can't say too much, but what I will tell you is there is a very 
um, there is a very, very broad understanding of what is going on, and this is all coming down from Ryan Priebus and from the RNC, and it is all about forcing a brokered convention. This is not well, Which is so this ironic that they did everything they could to stop one in 2012. Exactly. They did everything they could to stop a brokered convention in 2012, and they're going to do everything they can to force one. Even though the people do not want a broken convention to go up against Hillary Clinton, because Hillary Clinton will be the final nail in the coffin of 1776. And it will all be over if she is president of the United States. Bernie Sanders, yeah, he'd be horrible too. He has no chance. The Democratic Party is a mafia. They have the superdelegates. There is no chance for Bernie Sanders. It's all a dog and pony show over there. Bread and circus. Right. What we have in the Republican Party is we actually have a chance. Still, not as much as a chance as what it was before they changed those rules, and that's why we were screaming at the top of our lungs. And that's why a lot of you guys who are New Gingrich supporters and, and Santorum supporters and, and uh, Herman Cain supporters and other supporters or screaming at the top of your lungs, right along with us saying, look, we don't want our party to look like that party over there that founded the KKK. Hey, uh, hey, hey, Robert, I'd like to ask the gentleman that just called in and question. Yes, go ahead, and then go ahead, Kelly, and then we've got, go ahead, Kelly, and then we have uh, John in the line. So, John, we will get you in. We've got a couple more callers uh, on as well. So if you'd like to chime in, push the one on uh, your number dial. Uh, go ahead, Kelly. Yeah, I just want to ask this recent caller from North Carolina. Uh, yeah. He's racist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you must be racist because you have a Tea Party member that took that took over the Republican Party as the chair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yes, we are we are we are very racist for electing the first black Republican Party chairman of our state. Very much so. Well, you're and still racist, though. I, you, you're still racist. exactly no. And listen, I mean, we might That's laugh awesome. about That's it. That's so awesome. We might though, we might hear. laugh about it, but I'll tell you what. Don't laugh too much because these people will do enough mental gymnastics to sit around in a room full of old white guys that are part of the establishment and sit there and actually say, yeah, we could pull this off. We could call them racist for electing a black guy to chairman. Yeah, she's an Uncle Tom, you know. Don't you know she's an Uncle Tom? Yeah, and and the worst part is they're the ones that go out and actually do hire Uncle Toms that are pretty much a token black guy. And Look, I'm not afraid to talk about a token black guy because there is such a thing as a token black guy for Republican circles where they would just want somebody with a black face. We went and got the guy to run. And and, uh, the video I put out, you can see it on my... uh, um, I'm not sure it's still up on the front page of my website, but it's definitely on my YouTube channel. It's called NCGOP Slate Gate, as in like Watergate, uh, Slate Gate, um, NCGOP Slate Gate, and I break down the whole entire situation. And that video was the catalyst that got Hassan Arnett elected as our party chairman. I mean, this is a black guy with a Muslim name who's a Christian, and he is a solid guy. He's a solid guy. Um, his parents were immigrants, and he has done nothing but treat Donald Trump fair, and that's why they want him out. 
they are censoring him. They're censoring Daniel Rusty, and uh, and what they're trying to do is a complete and total coup of what the will of the people are. Nobody has any uh, illusions of what is going on in North Carolina. They're trying to strip our delegates of their power to vote for Donald Trump at the convention. This is the power play that the RNC, this is coming down from the RNC. And look, I, I'm not even going to blame Ryan's previous. Ryan, Ryan, if you're out there and you're listening, buddy, I hope to have one of your cigars once again when I get down there to Hollywood, Florida. Um, look, I'm not blaming Ryan. Ryan's is just, he's just the point guy. He's, he, he's a night. Ryan's is actually a pretty nice guy. I mean, he's a pup. I mean, you could call him a puppy, you could call him whatever he is. I really think Reince is the type of guy, Reince is the type of guy that just wants to get along with everybody. So when you really see the power plays, when you're behind the scenes, now I'm not joking with you, when you're behind the scenes, when you're in those meetings like I've been in, it's not Reince cracking his knuckles, making this stuff happen, and everybody might want to point the finger at him and blame him. I'll tell you who it is. It's, it's people like Henry Barber, Haley Barber's brother from down there in Mississippi, okay? The ones who pushed Ab Cochran back into office when we had a chance to elect a true conservative like Chris McDaniel, okay? And I know Chris McDaniel's out there sporting Ted Cruz, but I'm telling you, it, it is time for us to ask everybody, everyone, Chris McDaniel, from Chris McDaniel on down the line. Look at Jeff Sessions. Here's Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions is supporting Donald Trump, okay? And Jeff Sessions, and Ted Cruz said Jeff Sessions was, you know, uh, God incarnate. You know, I mean, his word was the perfect word, and now you don't hear Ted Cruz talk about it one little bit. But the reason is, is Jeff Sessions has seen this same thing before. He's seen it before. And a lot of these guys that have been around for a while that are truly on our side have seen this before. And Donald Trump, I, I don't like to put a crown on anybody. You know, I know a lot of Ron Paul supporters put way too big of a crown on him. I even say, you know, some new supporters put too big of a crown on him. I hate when any of the, you know, we have these great, these great leaders, and sometimes we put too big of a crown on their head. Donald Trump doesn't need to be real quick. I will tell you this. Donald Trump is the only thing standing between. I hate to say it, man. I really hate to say it, but Donald Trump's the only thing standing between Hillary Clinton, the end of this country, and yeah. preserving our Constitution. Donald Trump is basically the only thing that we have left to save it. Would you vote for the party if they really... Well, real quick, folks, uh, two things. Real quick, two things. We're going to get John in because I've been telling John we're going to get him in. And two, someone uh, must be getting some Facebook messages because we keep hearing ding, ding. So if you got your volume on on your speaker and you're able to turn that down so we don't hear that uh, keep dinging uh, because you're getting messages. And and I know we all do things behind the scenes while we're on the show. uh, We're all multitaskers here, I'm sure. But if we can turn that down so we don't keep hearing that dinging, I would really appreciate that. <laughs> so let's go ahead, and we got plenty of time. Uh, it's only quarter till uh, uh, midnight here Eastern time, and 
quarter to whatever, wherever you're at uh, now. But let's go ahead and bring in John, and we'll, we'll, we'll get back to this conversation, but I want to get John's input as well. Uh, so thank you very much, John, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing fine, thank you. Uh, just want to throw a little wrench in the system, like always. You all know I don't like Donald yeah. Trump. Yeah. Unfortunately, I understand that the majority of most people are in love with the man in the small circles of the people who are voting for him. Unfortunately, counting up all the totals of all the votes in all you know, groups with Democrats and the numbers that they have, well, are all the Democrats going to vote for Trump, um, whoever their nominee is? And are all the Republicans going to vote for Donald Trump if he ends up getting the nomination? But even in addition to that, my concern is are the staffers and all the support group people that he's going to have to have in place so that way the establishment can't undermine his presidency. I mean, that's another big thing of making sure an outsider already has their administration or the people in place that helps maintain integrity for what they're trying to do and that's hard to do when you have to pick from people that's already been in the system and i mean newt gingrich in my opinion he's just another slick snake oil salesman just like the rest of them and like i've echoed from the previous shows um donald trump like everybody said too we've known for 40 years but there he is going to show his true character once he gets the power of presidency if he does get to be president the way he treats all of these dissenters that he does not like, you know, like punch them in the face and whatnot. You call your representative and you want to get action and he doesn't agree with you, you're going to get his Napoleon mentality run right back down your throat and you're going to be wishing you'd never, ever elected the guy. However, well, doesn't make, that doesn't make the RNC and their tactics and, you know, Ted Cruz or any of the other people running any better than him because, like you've heard me say before, they're all crooks in my opinion, and they're just slick snake oil salesmen. So I'm still curious, Kelly. Do you know about this? Is it the? You said April the first. They're coming out with a libertarian group of people or something. Because I'm hoping that somebody else is there we can rally around that's a true outsider that really has outsider people that they can bring to the table to make sure this thing is for we the people and not just a deceptive trade practice mentality. Well, I guess I'll answer your question. Yeah, April 1st, Friday night, John Stossel of Fox is hosting a uh, libertarian presidential debate. And that's really breaking the ice, and I don't know if he's going to keep his job after doing that. But Stossel has been a libertarian, kind of uh, closet libertarian, if you will. Other sources indicate that, you know, of course I'm still in the libertarian party, and um, insiders have told me, yeah, he's actually a libertarian, but he doesn't really say that in his Fox presentations, his appearances. But Stossel is he's just brilliant. He is really a thinker, and of course that's the way libertarians are. Um, so, yeah, Friday night, April the 1st, I think it's 7. You'll have to look it up. I'll let people know more as this progresses. But this is breaking the ice. Um, we'll just have to see. Well, Karen, you know, you, in your article, you um, you discussed George Washington's um, 
stance against parties. Would you uh, would you uh, expound on that? I know you got to leave pretty soon, but uh, before you go, could you just get into his uh, George Washington's views on um, the the parties? He told exactly what's going on today, that if you allow two parties to have control, then they will control and eventually will become one party, which of course then becomes a dictatorship. And originally, originally, the people of America used to go to the town square and discuss politics. And they not, did not discuss politics by sitting down and being nice to each other. They had knockdown, drag out fights, and they didn't talk about being politically correct and squelching the facts. They didn't do that. They had differences of opinions, but they worked them out. And what he was saying was, you have, we are better off with multiple parties than with two, because when you have two, you really don't have a choice. You have no choice. And unfortunately, he warned against exactly what's going on um, until the power has been taken away from the people. That's why they made America a, a representative constitutional republic, which is not a democracy, and it makes me crazy when the politicians say democracy because they're 100% wrong. A democracy is a rule by a majority. A representative republic is a, a, you are sending your emissary from your town to vote what you tell them to vote, not what the party tells them to vote. And also the parties are private enterprises. They're not any political anything. Why are we even paying attention to them? That's really what the problem is all about, and that's what George Washington was saying. You don't have to put your faith in a party. You have a representative. That representative doesn't have to have, shouldn't have a party. They, and the reality is, the, or the problem is, the lobbyists and the lobbyists who control the staffers. And you said to me before that it was amazing to you how they would go to Washington and um, all of a sudden they didn't care. Well, often they were told not to care. Often they were told, you will do this, you will do that. Many were blackmailed. Many were um, coerced. And many were given lots and lots and lots and lots of money. And most of them were given lots and lots and lots and lots of money. And it's one thing for somebody to say, well, if you uh, vote this way, we will make sure that your campaign is well-funded. When I ran for office, that is exactly what happened. My um, opponent was given money by the Republican Party. And he was given money to step aside, not run for office, and let another woman run unopposed. And then he was given the chair 
So I ran just to see if he was given the chair, and guess what? He was given the chair. The fact that I got 25% of the vote was another amazing thing because he had $400,000 to spend, and I had less than $10,000. It's all money, money, power, control. Donald Trump can't be controlled. And what Donald Trump is teaching the American people by not being politically correct, I don't believe that he would ever sit in a boardroom and say to somebody that he was negotiating a deal with, I'm going to punch you in the face. But I Even though how many people here on this show and, uh, and, and elsewhere listening have thought, you know what, I would like to punch somebody in the face. That's right. So that's what this is about. When he's he's not talking as the president of you know, yes he was the president, but what he was saying was stop being politically correct. How many punches in the face do we have to get from them before we give them a taste of their own medicine? Because they're not listening any other way and sometimes you have to you know, violence begets violence. Look at Belair's. Uh, he's a perfect example of that. But Trump saying, you know, punch him in the face, that was more of an expression, I believe, than him actually yeah, wanting to punch the guy in the face. One of the, one of the comments. He said that. Can I jump in on this? Well, real quick, uh, yeah, yes, John, but let me let me jump in first. Uh, is that, you know, this, this, and, and I agree with a lot of, you know, early half of what you say, John. I mean, I've, I've, you know, as, as people here know on the show, you know, I've supported third parties. I've interviewed a lot of folks from the Constitution Party, interviewed a lot of folks from the Libertarian Party, even interviewed some folks uh, from the Green Party. And actually, uh, on April 3rd, I will be going to the Green Party's uh, presidential uh, primary convention in Ohio. Uh, they just did do their uh, primaries a little bit differently. Uh, you go to a convention there, and then you vote, and then there's, you know, a national convention or state conventions where you vote for the president, and then there's national convention where uh, the uh, the president gets voted on for their party. And I'll be there at the Green Party's convention there. I'm going to hopefully be able to either do a show from there or at least get some uh, live interviews so we can, you know, you know, hear some from other grassroots candidates, even though, you know, of course, the Green Parties uh, don't uh, adhere to a lot of, you know, some of the you know, values or ideology that we do at this point, uh, it's still, I'd like to hear, you know, their point of view on, on some issues, definitely. So I'll be doing that. And then, you know, but I think that, you know, I used to think that with the different, you know, parties, because I do believe in a multi-party system uh, and something, if we could adopt something similar to what Ireland does, I think that'd be much more representational for the United States and, and the people. Uh, but, you know, that being said is I think, I used to think that maybe, you know, from the top down, you know, would be a better way for, you know, them to, you know, get, you know, get their power or at least get into the political system. But I'm starting to think that it might be more so uh, coming from the ground up, you know, you know, get into the more local politics, get to the more local uh, chairs and, you know, seats and, and things of that nature, positions, things of that nature. And then, you know, you can move into the more, you know, the more national spots. Uh, and that may be uh, a better way of, of doing it. Uh, because I think, you know, what, let's, you know, if Gary Johnson does get in, people are like, oh, Gary Johnson, you know, as I think a lot of folks uh, pointed out, that, that does take some libertarians who would otherwise uh, vote for a Republican, maybe even vote for Donald Trump. I think the concern is, and I agree with what, um, 
you know, what the, what the people here are saying is that, you know, she what Chuck was saying earlier, and he had to go and he bid his farewells, and he'll, you know, we're, we're going to work on getting that uh, show about the roles. But Hillary Clinton could very well be the, you know, the last down the co- uh, coffin, is because uh, as our good friend Dan Gray would say, is uh, she's definitely a status. Uh, she's definitely, I think, a, a new world order folk, or at least if not that, you know, very tied in with the United Nations, who we all know is no friend to the United States. And if we get, you know, she becomes president, I think we're going to lose a lot more of our sovereignty. Uh, but go ahead, oh, uh, Josh. Well, I just, because it sounded, you know, like there was good deliberation and civil discourse based on my um, rebuke towards Trump, and I felt it deserved a, a follow-up in the sense sure, good. that Donald Trump, it, once he becomes president and he has the power and the full faith and credit of the United States behind him, he's less likely to fight with the people in positions of the establishment, and the establishment are going to undermine him at every road they can through their staffers or whoever in order to try to control him. And then we know, just like in the past, I mean, we hear this one story everybody keeps talking about where he did this eminent domain thing. Well, if he was a good faith bargainer, needs to use eminent domain or get the government involved in trying to take somebody's property at all, period. That's just fair free market economy, you know, goodwill negotiations. But that's not what happened. That's not the only time he's ever used that tactic, and due to the fact that the other people that are involved, you know, trying to hold him accountable, when he's in the boardroom with negotiating deals on our behalf, he's going to be more thinking about his small circle of influence of people. And if you and I, the we the people, the small guys, we're going to be treated just like we're being treated now with disrespect and disregard for us because they're not going to answer our calls. The staffer's going to smile and let you talk and then throw your stuff in the in the wastebasket, and you're only going to get to talk to Donald Trump or any of the... Uh, how, is that, how is that any different than what's going on now? Yeah, it isn't. Well, we're I can speak to that. Heck, I've had that. Part. I, I, That's I, why I'm saying we've got to well, keep looking for the right guy instead of just take this snake oil salesman routine and swallow it whole. Because we've already... Well, let, 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 let me hear it real quick, real quick, Cindy, and then, then, then go ahead. Uh, here's an example. And, and we had Matt Bevan on uh, this show three times uh, while he was running. Once uh, when he was running, once or twice uh, when he was running against Mitch McConnell in his primary, and then once or twice when he was running for governor of uh, governor of Kentucky. And let me tell you something: I have not heard a peep. I've, I've made about four calls. I have not. Now that he's governor, I have not heard a peep from the guy or from his uh, communications dep- uh, director. Since he's gotten elected, now I've heard him on other shows, and to be honest, I'm a little uh, perturbed. Uh, and I don't know if he knows personally that I've been trying to reach out to him. It may just be his communication director uh, who is, you know, dropping the ball or, or whatever, or thinks that the people who helped get him there, you know, are as big now. But I don't know. But um, well, Robert, 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 that's but yeah, really that's good news. So that, I'm, I'm find a little bit of that. Go ahead. Well, Robert, I think that's good news about Matt Bevins that you haven't heard from him because he is concerned about the people of the state of Kentucky. 
I think that that actually can be taken as good news. I mean, yeah, personally, you might be a little miffed, feathers ruffled, and but he's not a hey, I'm here for show. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Look at what I did. No, well, I've heard him on other shows. That's what I'm. But uh, but I've heard him on uh, you know uh, you know on some on some other shows, and I'm like, hey, well, wait a minute. I've heard you on this one, and then you know what, what about an interview back here to you know anyway, go ahead. Well, so if I didn't hear him on any shows, I, I would agree. But since I've heard him on some other, uh, some other shows, it makes me uh, maybe rub oh, okay, my well, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, maybe maybe when I make a bunch of money, I'll fly into Cincinnati, then we'll go drive to the governor's mansion in in Kentucky. And there we go. To... <laughs> Knock at his door. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> anyway. So you go, and I have a question for the gentleman who was just speaking. Um, and Go ahead. you were not not in favor of Donald Trump. Um, do you believe he'll build a wall? Okay, that is one aspect. That's just like when you first start dating a chick, and you you guys love each other, you're all excited and stuff, and then you find out he slapped you a few times, but you go ahead and marry him because you think he really loves you and he's into you. And then once you're married, you get the true sense of who he is, and you have domestic violence, and too late. Now you got to try to find another way out. That's but my that's warning. not what my question was. I asked that's not an election. Do you believe he will build a wall? It's not a one-issue um, engagement or marriage. You take the person for what? all they are and you weigh all of it in the balance. You don't decide on one issue. And let me interject uh, am, here uh, real quick here. The wall. Well, I, I, and, and let me I just wanted to know ahead, if, you believe he would build, if he, you believed he would build a wall. That's all. I'm not, you know, um, maybe misunderstanding. But that was I just wanted to know if you believed he would build a wall. And my uh, my other question was, did you ever read The Art of the Deal? I ha- I own the book. I've been I've been tracking Mr. Trump since Norman Vincent Peale in the 70s because I was into Napoleon Hill and thinking big and and you know Norman Vincent Peale power of positive thinking. So I've kind of been eyeing him for a while because I did look up to him and oogle-eye him, you know, back in my California days. It's a little different, though, once you really start digging in and you start thinking, well, wait up. And, you know, you have other people that were into real estate, and you start jumping into real estate thinking, hey, that's a pretty good trick. But then you start seeing things, and you start, wait, there might be some domestic, you know, like I was trying to say. Things ain't all as rosy it sounds like sometimes. No, don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't like any of the other people either. I'm just trying to find the right person. If I'm going to get married to this guy and he's going to oversee my nation and and try to heal America, I'm all about deliberation and finding the right person. You know, to um, just bite it off like it seems like everybody's in love with him. And I'm like, man, he's already talking smack and stuff. He's going to treat you the same way if you call in and don't like something he's doing. He's not going to listen to you. Now, he'll listen to the big wigs upstairs that are doing all the deals because he wants to stay connected with them. But the we, the people, the small fries that can't pay for the big campaign invites and stuff, we're going to be treated the way we've always been treated. You know, if you're talking about – Okay, so if you're talking about – Okay, here's how we're going to do it. 
I mean, we will, we're all going to answer to that because it sounds like we all want to. And uh, <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'll just get, say, uh, go down the line, starting with, hey, this is a first, me. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, 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 and I'll make a brief, and I'll go myself. And then, Kelly, you know, i got to give deference to the ladies. So then we'll go Karen, and then, okay. uh, you know, we, of course, you know, we got to do that. Come on, let got do that. We're men here, right? We're gentlemen. Well, at least we tried to, even though it's Bard's logic after dark. So here's where I'll make some, I'll, I'll make a few comments on that to John. Then we we'll have Karen, uh, and then Cindy, Susan, and then of course you can uh, uh, end it off uh, there with uh, your comments, Kelly. And then sound like we all want to comment on. And my comment is: is do I think Donald Trump is the best person that we can have up there now? No, I don't. I don't think Donald Trump would be the best person. Am I in love with Donald Trump? No. Uh, do I think there's probably someone out there that would be better? Yes. However, the reality is, is we don't have that person. They're just not there. We're too deep into the cycle for that person to get there. I think if we were to have someone like a Gary Johnson, you know, or who, whoever, presidency-wise, to, um, you know, to run uh, against Hillary Clinton or, or, or to run at all and, and be on a national stage, my concern is even more so than it was in 2012 with Obama, Okay, is that Hillary Clinton we get in? Okay, so that's that that's the reality of what we're staring at now. Would it be great if we had someone, you know, who we thought would really, you know, I mean, I'm not saying he wouldn't listen to we the people, you know, but let's say that, you know, there's someone who we think would would listen to us more so. Unfortunately, at this point in time, that person is not uh, someone who can who can make it. So we have to, you know, we have to do the best with what we've got with the reality of what we have. And so we need to fight towards what we can get and then, I mean, and then work toward, you know, keep working towards, you know, getting somebody who would be a better candidate. I, as I said, I, for one, don't think he's the, he's the best, but either fortunately or unfortunately, it, you know, it's, it's what we've got to work with. You know, it's like, it's like me. I've got a face for radio. I mean, I, w- I would like to be, you know, some big though honk, you know, guy who would, you know, look great in the Speedo. But, uh, you know, I'm just five foot, you know, say short guy and not, not built or anything, but I, and that's what I have to work with. That's why I'm on radio, not TV. No. But anyway, on a serious note, um, you know, we, that's my point there. So let's go ahead and bring it uh, to Karen and then uh, you, Cindy, Susan, and then Kelly. Go ahead, Karen. Um, I, I really appreciate your questions, and I think that they are terrific. But you have to look at the time right now and the time of what we're in and who we're dealing with. And as Cindy pointed out before, our nation has almost come to the spot where we have flipped to the um, more of the have-nots who are bleeding those people that are fortunate enough to have a job. Now, I also believe that after knowing you know, Trump, like you do, and studying all of this stuff, he does stuff for him and for his business. And if you, um, with eminent domain, as a business person, it is his job to ask for things to be done for his business to increase his profitability for his shareholders and everyone else that is involved. It is the government's responsibility to say no and protect its citizens. The problem is the government is not protecting its citizens. So when a businessman comes in and says, I want to do this, and the government doesn't say no, 
he's doing what he should be doing as a businessman. I can't fault him for that. And as far as eminent domain is on the rest of of um, on the government side, you have to have eminent domain for certain uh, roads or um, we just went through a whole thing with that there uh, with building an airport. But when you're using eminent domain, which is in the Constitution, you are supposed to be compensated justly for it. And what has happened is the government is not compensating or they are overcompensating their friends, which is really what this has become. It has become a slush fund, especially in Florida, for those people that put things into conservation and get a huge reward out of doing it while taking the land off the tax rolls for the people. So eminent domain is a, a different animal. We, I can't, I'm trying to separate Donald Trump as a businessman and Donald Trump as a politician. And Donald Trump as a businessman was highly successful and is highly successful and has put together hundreds of businesses, some being more successful than others, and some have gone out of business. But that is business. That's what business is all. It's a risk and it's a reward. But overall, he's done a magnificent job. And I think it's time that America get connected to somebody who can lead. And I do see him as a leader. And I also agree with you, um, with, with what was just said about... The right person is not there. No, George Washington is not around and Thomas Jefferson is not around and we're not going to be able to write the ship and we're not going to be having a tea party and dumping tea into Boston Harbor. But we are having a revolution and that is a good thing. And the fact that he has woken up people, the fact that he has brought to light um, issues that nobody will ever mention the fact that he has just done that and has ignited the American people shows me that he does have leadership quality. And he may not be the perfect leader, but I certainly would rather have him than anybody else that was standing on that stage because I know who they are connected to. I also was told after working with his campaign that he will be changing staffers. He will be changing people, and he will be bringing in successful people that he has worked with in his business and business relationships. Is it going to be 100%? I have no idea. I would doubt that. Is he going to do everything that he says? I doubt that too. But if he does the three That's why you don't hear him making a lot of promises. Yeah, well, well, who knows? If he does the three things that he set out to do to begin with, which was the wall, the economy, and Obamacare, I'd be real happy. If he throws in the Board of Education, I'd be even happier. That would be my prime. I would get rid of that one first. And if he gets rid of the EPA and BLM, I would be happy also. He's the only one that's talking about that. So... The fact that he's shaking everybody up, the fact that he is has woken up the American people, I think is a great thing. And of all of the people that were there, I look at the numbers. I believe he's the only one that has the ability to cross over and get and kick Hillary.
Hillary to the curb where she belongs. Because mm-hmm. a lying, murdering piece of garbage that she is does not deserve to be president. So um, that's my, my two cents. And uh, I just don't see that anybody else has stepped up to the plate. And I certainly, I mean, think about it. He's a billionaire. He's giving up a life right now that you and I could not even imagine. And he's yeah. doing it. Why? He's doing it partially because of ego, but partially because he sees a problem. And he's got all the money in the world. He likes to fix problems. Yeah, what does he need, this crap, right? Yeah. He's so insulated from anything anything that happens, he doesn't need this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean, literally, he's got got businesses and and stuff literally all over the world. You know, I mean, what the heck does he he point out one of the debates? What what do I need this for? You know, it's true. I mean, he doesn't. I mean, it's not like he's going to get rich like some of these other politicians does. He doesn't need it. It's not like he, he needs to do it for travel and he's got businesses all over the world. So he could do it that way. You know, I mean, so, you know, no, yeah, I mean, I'm Robert, sure you go and it could be another notch's belt, but I know we want to bring it over to you, Cindy. <laughs> well, I, I was going to comment on what you just said. You know, you'll remember a few shows back that I, I brought out that uh, there was a time when uh, if you didn't have money, you weren't even considered as a as a uh, and and I'm talking about even little local elections. If you didn't have money in your pocket, you didn't get in the in the election because people people trusted the rich guy to not go after even more money and try to make themselves uh, um, money out of being in office. They expected the the middle class guy or the poor guy to try to get into office, to try to make his fortune. This is what I see is, uh, is what has happened with uh, Barack Obama. He was worth just about nothing when he got into the presidency, and now he's got millions, okay? That's the kind of guy that, that they didn't want to see get elected um, uh, back in the old days. Now, right. as far as John was concerned, uh, everything that he said about Trump, uh, everything you said, uh, John, about Trump and what you think Trump's going to do in office, I have thought that he would use those parts of him, those characteristics of him, in exactly the opposite way. You know, when I see him, uh, you know, his deal-making, uh, I see his deal-making for the betterment of America. I don't think he's going to make deals with, with people um, who want to do harm to America. And, and give them the upper hand, as we have had uh, since Reagan. Ever since Reagan, we've had nothing but people who want to do deals with the devil and, and give away our sovereignty and give away our, our um, jobs and, and give away our land. Do you know how much of America is now owned by foreign countries? It's, it's, it's amazing. Anyway, I, I, I see Trump coming in and doing exactly the opposite. That's my feeling. I think he will fight for the United States. I think his gruffness will 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 work to our advantage in the in the in the deal making rooms because he's not gonna let us get walked on and he doesn't care and, and I like this. 
I'm, I am not into diplomacy. I, don't, I guess you, if you've been listening to me long enough on this show, you know I am not into diplomacy. I am into saying the truth right out front in the face, just like Ronald Reagan did when he called Russia the evil empire. That's exactly what communism is. It's an evil empire. That's exactly what Islam is, is an evil empire. And, and I want a president in there who's going to say exactly that, I want that president to say, I'm building a wall because the president of Mexico will not take care of his own business down there. And he will not, um, they will not treat their people right. They will not fight the war on drugs. They, you know, what it, their shortcomings uh, are making us have huge problems up here. Now, yes, we're the ones smoking the dope and taking the crack. Okay, that they're bringing in here. That's that's true. But if 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 our government and their government can't get together to work it out and stop that drug traffic, if our government and Mexican government can't get together and stop the illegal immigrants from coming in, and I'm not talking about just Mexican illegal immigrants, poor people who are trying to make a better life. I'm talking about out and out Muslim terrorists coming across our border. If 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 I don't if I got a president that's going to build that wall, to me, if that's all he did while he was here as our president, I'd be saying hallelujah. If he if he just built that wall and got rid of health care, that that would just do so much to to heal in this nation. And then we got to get rid of NAFTA. We got to rewrite NAFTA. Who else could write rewrite a uh, a contract like like Donald Trump that would make sure that we were the ones who came out ahead. Who else could do that? Um, maybe there are out, the people out are out there that could do it, but for one reason or another, they refuse to do it. I think John, Donald Trump will do it. And and you know what? You could be right, John, or I could be right. We don't know yet. But that's why we have elections. Out. Yeah, I hope we find out. I hope we find out what Trump will do. I really do. Because I know what the well, other guys are going to do. It's not even a question to me what the other guys are going mm-hmm. to do. To me, nothing, I'd rather... I'd nothing. rather... <laughs> exactly. Well, the opposite of nothing. Uh, the opposite of horrible. I mean, the opposite, which will be horrible. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I, I would just love to see if somebody who can do it it's tough enough to do it. We'll go in there and do it. I just want to see that. Well, I, mean, I only definitely need to have more victories. I know I, I hate to say it, but you know, I mean, with, with, with some of the victories I've seen Ted Cruz getting, uh, I, I, I do see some of the uh, attacks on Trump are starting to uh, take some effect. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, it looks, you know, we've seen what happened last night with. Uh, with Utah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me he got so much in Utah. Well, well, yeah, it does. I knew, I knew he was, I knew he was going to, I knew Cruz was going to take Utah, but I'm actually, I was actually pretty surprised by how much of, uh, of what percent he got in Utah, to be honest. Well, and now they're saying, I, from what I understand, they were doing a lot of ballots. They were doing a lot of ballot stuffing in Utah. Um, mm-hmm. I was listening to Michael Savage, and he said somebody called in and said that he had 50 ballots in his hand. So a caucus is a little different than the primary. And on that note, I'm going to have to say good night. So it has been wonderful. 
and I appreciate it, and I'll be happy to come back and join you guys again. But um, I have other things that I must take care of because we're in the middle of a move. Understood. Got, got to get, got to get those things done. Uh, well, I appreciate you, so you coming much. on, Karen, and I definitely wonderful. could. We could definitely see you coming on again, just for the very fact that I, I think we got a, uh, you know, not a long fight because we only have till June, but I think we're gonna have a we're, we're gonna have a hard fight these next couple months. I really do for yeah. people who are supporting Trump. Um, and I, I was trying to stay neutral as much as I can uh, in the election cycle this 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 time, but it's to the point where I don't uh, think I can I can really do that <laughs> anymore. Uh, so it's, it's pretty much obvious who, you know, my support's starting to go to. Um, but, hey, I'm not uh, regulated by the SEC, so I don't have to uh, be fair. No, but anyway, <laughs> uh, we we go ahead and uh, let's bring it uh, over to you, Susan. And thank you very much again, Karen, for coming on. We're looking forward to it. And it looks like uh, Chuck and I are going to be working uh, together to, uh, you know, get uh, some reports, a live show from the rules. We'll be working on that. And also, I'm gonna to try to be. I'm gonna to try to get to the uh, convention in Cleveland. So, if anyone's able to find uh, a way to get to Cleveland uh, here in Ohio, uh, just you know, let's do something behind the scenes. It'd be great if you could fly in. Heck, we could split a hotel or whatever. I don't know whether I'll actually be able to get inside uh, the building itself. If I have to do a man on the streets interviews and do a live show that way, then that's what I'll do. Uh, but I am planning in July being there. Uh, uh, being there at the convention, and so you know, d- you know, doing some live shows there, uh, reporting. So hopefully we'll be able to uh, spend some time together with some folks. But uh, Chuck's going to try to make it up there, and uh, hopefully some others will as well. Um, I-, I did some research uh, this past weekend or this couple days ago on on trying to get in, and unfortunately uh, they don't make it very easy for us, uh, you know, podcasters uh, <laughs> to get inside. Actually. And get a media spot, and maybe even even difficult getting inside the building. But uh, people got to be outside before they get inside the building, right? And so if, if I just have to do it that way, then uh, we'll see how it goes. I'll listen to our our past episodes and how we we had we did have some folks who were there. I wasn't personally there, but we had some folks who called in uh, from around there. I don't know if they were actually at the convention themselves. We did have a someone who was a delegate uh, for New Gingrich who was calling in. You remember her, uh, Barbara Haney. I don't know if we'll, you know, have any type of those delegates. Who knows? Maybe we will by then. Maybe I'll start trying to find a, a, a Trump delegate so we can uh, talk with them and get them onto the show. Uh, so if anyone knows anyone who uh, could possibly get a hold of any Trump delegates uh, to call into the show and perhaps uh, maybe get us some some way of, of getting some, some media coverage or anything in there, that'd be, that'd be great. And so let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Susan, and then Kelly. And then, wow, if we got time, we'll uh, you know, get, try to get to a, a, another bit of a topic uh, that I want to talk about. Uh, uh, we'll go from there. Go ahead, Susan. Oh, I've been patient because uh, i got to go. I was going to go about half an hour ago. Um, so this will be really fast. Um, I got an article by Michael Savage about eminent domain. And so technically, to some degree, I'm really in disagreement with her. About eminent domain, I am going to write a blog article exposing <clears throat> the nonsense behind it. In St. Louis, um, they are fighting uh, in North St. Louis, Missouri. A community are 
Valley and keep their homes as city officials pursue eminent domain proceedings. And what's going on is they are not paying them, not offering what their land is used. Um, for example, if they're offering 20000 to thirty for their property, and in another area you can't even afford another home in a similar low-crime community. Um, they were built of brick in the late 19th century. A similar Victorian house in the city would cost between 300000 and 400000 They're not going to give them that. And those retired people can't afford to move like that. Did you tell me if you have a house that's worth 100000 and they decide to take your house, they're supposed to pay you back, but by the time the process starts, you may not have the value of that house because if you sell it, someone is going to be subject to whatever the state wants to do it, so they're not going to uh, buy it, so you can't sell it even for the mm-hmm. price that you could have gotten. So, what do no, they want to do with it? With what do they want to do with uh, that the land? City? The city? Yeah. Um, let's see, a federal project that may not even take hold in the area. What it's kind a of project. federal project? It is a, not a road, say, a bridge? What is it? Um, it does not say. I don't know why Michael didn't put that. I'm sure the research could be done on it. But Savage does not usually tell a lie about something like that. So I can assure you if he's... Um, well, if, it's, if, it's a, if it really is an eminent domain project uh, uh, under the Constitution, it'll be something like a road or an airport or, or a, a bridge or, you know, something like that, a, a water project or whatever. But what they have to do is uh, they've got to they've sue to get the money that, that, that they're owed for it because under the Constitution, they are supposed to be properly, um, and that's what Karen was saying, that they have okay, to be properly, properly uh, compensated. So it's a project, nothing more than a land clearance project to rid certain types of people from the predominantly black working class community. That's what others have told right about it. So well, okay. Well, here's the thing: they, they, there, there has to be a um, somewhere on the books. There has to be, uh, you know, tax information on on. But it has to have been appraised. Their property has to have been appraised. And they have to go by that appraised value um, before all this junk started going down because now the appraised value would not be very high because nobody, of course, like you just said, nobody wants to buy the property now because the government's taking it over. So you can't go by what the property. Well, the county appraiser is only the county appraiser is only one indication. Professional private appraisers that can give their opinion as well. Right, but they need what to they give their. What they mean is they want to revitalize the community, and you get rid no, of well, people, need, and that's how you revitalize it. Okay, well, if they're just looking to revitalize the community, why don't they just leave the people in their homes and and fix up their homes for them? I mean, if, if they're going to spend twenty thousand dollars. On the place, do you know what you can do to better that property with twenty thousand um, dollars? You know, you, you, they, there has to be some common sense going on here. Uh, I don't know exactly what's going on, but it, even if it was a, a, a legitimate project um, that would fall under the Constitution, they've got to 
appraised, get it appraised at the value that it would have been before all this crap started happening and and uh, give them the ability to go uh, buy a house somewhere else or be able to live somewhere else, whether it's a, as in an apartment or a house or, or whatever. They have to have somewhere to live. And, and basically well, that's what they're doing is throwing, in the, throwing them out on their ear uh, with nothing, um, which that just doesn't work. And, and that's not how eminent domain is supposed to work. So they, well, they have used a, in Arlington, Texas to move a community and build a stadium. Well, see, now that's another thing altogether. It, if the stadium is owned by the city, um, and, and it's the, the people of the city who are are are, are getting the, the money from that, um, and thereby, you know, their property values, I mean, their uh, property taxes or something goes down as a result of it, okay, then fine. But if this is a private corporation or a private individual who is going to be owning this stadium and getting reaping all the profits, that's absolutely ludicrous. See, we've gone through that here in our, our county, because our college here uh, wanted the, the county to pay for their football stadium that they were going to uh, build. And um, and yet, you know, we weren't going to get any of the, the profits off of that. It was it was going to be the school only. So that, that, is, that isn't going to work, and we didn't let that fly here. Um, <clears throat> now, on the other hand, we were trying to get uh, the, space station, the space station to come here. Um, the, the space port, excuse me, the space port to come here. Uh, we were on the short list to be to be added here, but uh, the uh, environmentalist wackos kept that from happening. Uh, but in the process of it, uh, we were using eminent domain to uh, get control of some land. Actually, it wasn't very much though, because most of the land that we were uh, going to use for that was owned by the state of Florida anyway, or or the county. I can't remember which it was. But anyway, it was government-owned land anyhow. So, yeah, um, there's too much of that, in my opinion. Well, absolutely. 30% of Florida is owned by some government entity. I think that's absolutely ludicrous. But uh, that means 30% of our land is not taxed. That means we, the other people, the other, you know, 60%, we're we're having to um, pay for that uh, tax shortfall. Of course, all you got to do is stop spending, and you wouldn't need that taxes. But anyway, um, eminent domain uh, has to be fought. We've got to fight that. When you got a Walmart coming in, wanting to put a, a big old uh, uh, regional center there, or if you got some some private corporation wanting to put something in, um, that it's absolutely ludicrous that someone would lose their home uh, and have to leave the home that they either grew up in or retired in or whatever, and they're, they're happy there, um, and, they're, and they can't, and, and then they don't even, uh, you know, compensate them for that to where they can go live somewhere else. That's absolutely ludicrous. Ludicrous. Through my understanding, they have to do that. I mean, through my understanding, they got to compensate them for at least the market market value of the of the land and the you know whatever buildings and that is on there. But look at the money you've got to. But look at the money you've got to spend to to litigate that to make sure that you don't get 
that you do get what you're supposed to get out of it. You know, I just I mean, yeah, it's, you for for court costs, but but it's it's about in the hour. You know, I definitely want you know doing a run out of time um, for for folks to chime in. I need to tell you, say one more thing, and then I gotta go. Um, okay, so I'm gonna bring, got, bring Charlie back I've in. Got a, a party ticket you might be interested in. Say Trump and Ron Paul or Trump and Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, Trump and Bernie Sanders. I don't want to. I don't want to socialize anywhere near the White House. No, the one the one I'm touting is due to this article that uh, I put out, and actually I was hoping that we could get more into that conversation, more about our topic tonight. Just the organic nature of the show. We a lot of times, you know, go off on tangents because um, I want to talk more about you know what happens in Brussels and you know how that's kind of proven out what. Uh, Trump is saying, you know, about, you know, Islam and, you know, Muslims specifically, at least when it comes to the immigration, things of that nature. And one of the things I want to talk more about, but, you know, hopefully in another show. So for folks who want to hear about uh, this tonight, perhaps we'll be able to discuss it on another show. Oh, and then I see we just, um, yep, we just lost Susan. So good night, Susan. <laughs> They're on the show. She has a bolt. Bye, Susan. And then, um, or, or maybe her phone died. Uh, but anyway, um, I don't know how much to bring it to her uh, her attention as well. I guess that's what she wanted to have the last uh, saying on that. Uh, but an article I put out about Newt Gingrich, uh, it was said had a meeting with Donald Trump, uh, has been advising him, along with uh, Senator Tom Cotton and former Senator and the president of the Heritage Foundation, uh, Jim DeMint, were having meetings with Trump. And they were talked about in the article, and I do have a link to that article here. Uh, on uh, Blog Talk Radio on the description page, and I'll probably also have it uh, put on the website uh, by this weekend, is that, you know, they're talking about the possibility of a Gingrich chief of staff position if Trump were to get the nomination, of course, and then win the general election. Uh, but I would like, and this is what Brian, I was going to say earlier, what brings more excitement to me, and, and, and actually, I want to ask you uh, for us to work on behind the scenes. Definitely a lot, a lot to work on. As I said, it's going to be a busy, uh, you know, it's a, a busy couple of months, uh, certainly, a busy spring. And so I was going to see if you can find someone who's good doing petitions, uh, Cindy, and then I'd like to get us a petition to send to Newt Gingrich to, if he does get the nomination, to vie for a VP pick from Donald Trump. So we can have a Trump Gingrich ticket. Can you imagine how phenomenal that would be? I just think that'd be well, a great ticket. A poss- I think it's already possible that they're talking because uh have you seen the latest um little scuttle butt on um Gingrich talking with um supposedly Gingrich is giving him uh, giving Trump um uh, advice on how, Yeah, you know, so that's what, what I'm talking do. about. Mhm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. maybe now, Newsmax that... has an article saying that he's not interested in a conversation of any kind of uh, administrative, you know, administration position. But he said, you know, basically because it's too early. But go ahead. Well, I think it was Kelly's turn. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Kelly. Yeah, but I'll, yeah, well, you know, I definitely want to talk more about that. And, and Cindy, let's uh, if you know anybody that's good at putting, uh, you know, writing out a petition. Let me know, and, and I'll promote it and put it on the website and things of that nature, put it on Facebook and, and Twitter and that. But I would, uh, that, you know, some I of do, you can maybe I word do, that really well. 
I do know somebody that I think I can ask them to come on your show at in Cleveland um, at the convention. So uh, let me work on that because I, I might be able to get you a Trump delegate there. Oh man, that'd be great. And then yeah, we could meet up with them and and uh, and do that because yeah, I mean yeah, Cleveland's five hour drive for me, and I'm I'm already planning on. Uh, I might even be down in Florida at that time. My, bro- my brother's trying to get me to go down to Florida uh, on my vacation that week. Um, but I'm, I'm going to have to get some, some some more planned stuff going. But I don't know if I'll be able to do both, much to his chagrin. But let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Kelly. Uh, and I know you want the answer on the John, and then we can bring John back in. And then, my gosh, folks, we've got less than 20 minutes for this show. Do you believe that? Don't we wish we had a four-hour show here sometime? But go ahead, Kelly. <laughs> no, i got to go to bed. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, me too, I guess. Um, I've been thinking about gambling lately. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, see, when you go to a casino, you uh, you know you're gambling when you walk in. You might win, you might lose. At least you know you're gambling. Uh-huh. See, if I, if I vote for establishment candidates, I'm not gambling. I know what I'm going to get. Yeah, that's true. So if I vote for Trump, it's a gamble. I have till June 7th, primary in California. Um, maybe I'll go third party. And by the way, what I've experienced before is a feeling that I would hope you all have. This feeling was when I was at the 2012 uh, National Convention in, in Vegas with the Libertarians. And so they had their two main candidates, which is um, Lee Wright versus Gary Johnson. And I hear Lee Wright, he goes, da, 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 da. I'm like, wow, I like this guy. And then Gary Johnson speaks. Wow, I like this guy. Wow, I can't decide. Wow, wow, wow. Both, you know, that's a feeling of the better of two good people. Mm-hmm. So I'm in a position of Trump, which is a gamble, versus a libertarian candidate. That's a gamble. I'd rather gamble than vote establishment. And thus, I will be taking up gambling. So, <laughs> yeah. Know. Yeah, I do have to. A, a lot of places where you gamble give you free drinks, so put me on board now. <laughs> oh, yeah. boy, there you go. So I yeah, do agree easier, that it know. is a gamble well, to vote for Trump. But Well, yeah, I, 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 I want to totally direct this conversation into something different, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's suppose the Republicans at the National Convention totally um, kick Trump out. Okay, they play games, they do what, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Okay, let's suppose that they totally disenfranchise not just Trump, not just his, his voters, but the American people. You watch it happen, you're disgusted just the same as it was in 2012. Question is, if this happens, will you vote third party? I want to hear kind of around the table answer to that one. So we'll start with you, John. I think you know the answer to this one. Go ahead. <laughs> you, you mean you think I know the answer? No, he no, knows the answer. I think I answer. know what your answer is going to be. Oh, it, <laughs> but it, go it, ahead. It really, it, come, it comes down to an if-then, okay? Republicans totally, you know, Trump's got it completely, but the Republican at the convention, they, they, they kick him out of the party, okay? If that happens, then will you vote for a third party? Just like you said, first of all, let me say this. My opinions are my opinions. They do not reflect on the host of this show or the network backing up this show. Ah! 
And we love and, you, John. <laughs> you go yeah. ahead, buddy. <laughs> that, that is that question is very good, Kelly. Because the if is it depends on who the third party people are. Because if they're just as bad as all the rest, you got to vote Trump. Yeah. Well, but I'm just not willing to just buy into Trump right yet. Because I'm thinking, man, we cannot. You know, replace one dictator with another one. That's just my opinion. But I agree with you all. This is where we're at. We, when it comes down to crunch time, we have to make a decision. But my heart is, our country is in jeopardy. And are we going to stand on the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, or are we going to sell out to our own personal business interests? Because our Declaration of Independence, you know, are we going to mutually pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor to hold up our country, or are we going to bow out to our personal interests, business interests? Wow. Well, let me me throw out another thing that is a part of this question. People are saying, okay, Donald Trump, woohoo, third party. Uh, it can't happen. The reason why libertarians will not let him be in their party. Number two, uh, there's really no other party that has enough. The only viable third party is the Libertarian Party. They're in every 50 states. They have enough um, registrations to make it happen as a president. Um, I, I'm, I'm just as much as I like the Constitution Party and the Independent Party, they, they don't have the, the necessary filings and paperwork, so they're pretty much out. But so the Libertarian Party is the only way Trump can run a third party. It's too late, and the Libertarians won't let him in. So you're stuck with either a writing vote for Trump, which probably isn't going to happen, or be a third party. So if Trump is kicked out by the good old boys at the National Convention of the Republicans, will you vote third party? I I won't vote for a third party unless I first leave the Republican Party. I am a member of the Republican Executive Committee here. I took an oath that I won't vote for anyone but a Republican. So if if I vote for a non-Republican, it will be uh, as an independent, or actually it will probably be as a Constitution, uh, a member of the Constitution Party. Uh, if I do change my... Um, my membership, it will go to the Constitution Party. They, uh, their platform is the most, most uh, closest to my, my beliefs. So not as a Republican, I won't vote for a third party, but as a Constitution uh, Party member, I would vote for the third party. A third party, thank you. Well, Constitution is third party, Green Party is third party. And by the way, the Republicans making you sign an oath that you will not vote for anybody but Republicans. That is controlling. That is manipulative. That is not freedom. I am furious. They've done it in California that unless you register for as a Republican, you cannot vote for a Republican. Look, sorry, you people are trying to control me. I can vote for whoever the heck I want to, and that's a federal law. I'm sorry. I'm a little upset here. Not mm-hmm. at you, Cindy, not at anybody here listening. I am furious at the Republican Party of Florida. That's where you're in, right, Cindy? Well, it's it's the county, but any t- the any, county. Okay. The, the, if, if you right, don't want to be a member make... of the Republican Executive Committee, you don't have to be. You don't have to take that 
oath just to be a Republican. That's only for if you're going to be a member of the executive committee. It's still controlling, and it's wrong. Yeah. I mean, my That's gosh, true. you know. I mean, if I want to prevent my wife from divorce, do I put bars on the house, doors, and windows? <laughs> Freedom yeah. is that important. Yeah, it's wrong. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm mad at your county yeah. Republican Party for doing this beep swear word. Okay. Anyway, yeah. all right, let's go back to the question. If Donald is kicked out, will you vote third party? doesn't matter what third Absolutely. party. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. If, if I'm because I, if he's kicked out, I, I won't be a member of the Republican Party. So yeah. <laughs> oh wait, you ask, you expect me to answer this, Shelley? <laughs> okay. Yeah, we uh, know you, we, we, we know your answer. <laughs> well, maybe not. Um, I'm an independent. You know, I I don't think I would ever become a Constitution Party or a Green Party person at that. Right now, uh, I voted in two Green Party primaries. Uh, I'm trying to get my a, a conservative voice in the party, at least locally. Okay, but I still, I'm not, you know, a, a party member of each. Um, of course, we all know I support the uh, the Constitution Party, and, and in some instances, the, the Green Party. And I definitely will be, you know, supporting and, you know, touting and, and having work uh, of both parties on the show. Actually, one of my goals uh, for the show, at least politically, uh, you know, moving forward after, you know, the general election and moving forward is to get more. Um, of course, we'll talk about other things, but but to get more uh, output, get more exposure to the Constitution Party and the Green Party uh out there, well, you know, I'm going to be interviewing candidates, interviewing members, uh, interviewing folks from there. You know, if they got a meeting, if they got a convention, if they got, you know, what have you, uh, have them, you know, or debate like we did uh, the live interview from the debate. Um, I, I want to have more of those in the show because I, I, I am a supporter of a multi-party system. Uh, I do uh, support a, you know, more representational, representative. Yeah, representational way of voting, uh, much like the uh, Irish system. So I'm going to uh, get more people on here to explain that. Um, I'm told I like to climb mountains, and so that means, I, you know, doing things that, that, that are tough and might sound insurmountable to do, but, you know, it's something uh, I try to do anyway, so I'm going to be doing more of that. But I know I'm uh, beating around the bush because it's a hard question because I've even said uh, in the beginning of this election that whoever Republicans put up, I would probably vote for them because my concern is, is that Hillary Clinton uh, to be president. So I'm really, to be honest, Kelly, I, I don't have an answer to that because I'm really torn on that because one, I said I would, you know, that I said that's what I would do, but I don't know exactly what my reaction is going to be. I've got an idea, as you pointed out, uh, you know, Cindy, on what you, you know, you think about what I would do in voting third party. I, I can't roll that out now. Um, I'm, I'm leaning more towards, you know, if they do it, the vote against it. Cause it, would be, it wouldn't be a vote for their candidate. It would be a vote against Hillary Clinton. I think it's that important for her not uh, to be that. However, um, I think that I still think that if the Republican Party were to do that, we will see a Hillary Clinton president. That's something that should be a warning to them is that if they do, you know, do what they did in 2012, and I think they may do worse than what they did in 2012, frankly. 
uh, they may do worse to Donald Trump than they did to Ron Paul and Newt Gingrich in 2012. They they may do worse. That, I mean, so in 2012, I left the party. I mean, I was a Republican all my life. Well, okay, from 10 years old till you know, till 2012. Okay, so you know, most of my life I was a Republican. After 2012, I left. Um, but what about I, I don't know at this time. I, I mean. My my conscience would be like nope no nope, I I can't I, I can't you know uh, subscribe to that I can't condone what they did but man having a Hillary Clinton president would be awful and I, I hate to say it but they, they I don't want the, I don't want them to play on that they they may try to play on that for people but I think there's people who are so fed up they're like I don't care because frankly a Hillary Clinton's going to be just nom you know nominally worse than a Ted Cruz I I don't know if I believe that to be honest. Um, I think Ted Cruz would be a better president than Hillary Clinton. I, I'd have to say that. However, as we've pointed out very clearly tonight, that even with the president, even with a, a Cruz presidency, we would keep a lot of the same status quo, just for the very fact that he's a politician. Um, will would there, and, and also there would probably be more gridlock. Would we be able to, you know, switch the pendulum now, swinging more towards the right if Ted Cruz gets in? I don't know. I think that's what some people think. Is that would the pendulum will swing more to the right? I, I, I don't know. Um, it certainly won't swing to the right if Hillary Clinton gets in there. I wish I had a definitive answer for you, Kelly, uh, because there's just so many different implications on that answer, not just for me, but it's a question that a lot of folks, and I think it's a, it's a great question because I think it's a, it's a lot of folks that people are asking themselves. My hope and what my fight is, is that we don't have to ask ourselves that question. I say that we need to, you know, fight, and that's why I said, you know, in these next months, fight what we can so that, you know, and I brought up earlier about maybe, a, you know, the, the, a Trump cruise ticket, and that might be the only thing that can heal the party if there is a broker to contest convention. I think that three things. One, if they do a broker convention and they totally oust a uh, uh, oust uh, Trump, they're going to lose in the general election, and Hillary will be president. If they accept Donald Trump as the uh, the uh, as the winner, the, the you know of the ticket, be on the top of the ticket, the presidential candidate, and then somehow you know convince Cruz by the uh, you know by saying it's for the good of the party to join the ticket and then Cruz, and then you would be bringing Cruz supporters and Trump supporters. And I think them together, along with, you know, independents, a lot of folks that, that Trump will bring in, that Trump will win. Now the scenario, the three third thing, the scenario thing that I would like to see uh, and what I would like to, for our folks to fight for is for Trump to win the nomination and Trump to pick Newt Gingrich as his VP uh to run on the ticket with him. That is what I would like to see. That's what I would like for us to work towards, fight for. Um, and I think that would be the best case scenario for him to, to take the nomination, get the 1237 needed, and then pick Duke Gingrich as his running mate uh, for VP. And then I think that would be, and then I think they would fo uh, move forward. And I think they would still beat uh, Hillary Clinton because whoever Hillary Clinton puts as the vice president uh, for her pick, could you imagine Gingrich debating him? He'll rip him to shreds, just like he would have ripped uh, he would have ripped the shreds uh, Obama. He would rip that whoever she picked for VP, she'd, he'd rip him to shreds. 
And then Donald Trump, he would bring in, you know, more folks and he'd bring in more independents, more people who have never voted before, like the gentleman we had on last week. And maybe with some, some, you know, Democrats who once were called Reagan Democrats uh, who do not like Hillary Clinton because they do see her, even though they're a Democrat, uh, they honestly can see her as the person responsible for people's deaths. And we're talking about, of course, Benghazi. And then, of course, putting people's lives in danger, as Trump pointed out, uh, doing much, other people done much less and got worse punishment than her and her emails. So that's kind of my answer, uh, Kelly. And so at this point, my gosh, we only got, uh, let's see, it's uh, seven minutes, eight, eight minutes left. And three of those, they got to shut out the, the, the show. So each one of us got maybe about a minute to, to close things out before I have to shut down the show for tonight. Uh, so let's go ahead and, and do it this way. We'll do it. Uh, you, John, uh, if you could give us a minute of your closing statements and then you, Cindy, and then Kelly, and then I'll have to close things out. But literally, we each probably got about a minute, and then I have to close things out. Go ahead, John. Yeah, I just have a real burden for our country and where it's headed. And it makes me wonder how much any of us, myself included, I'm in the learning process still of understanding what our Declaration of Independence and Constitution is, and do we have a unity of understanding throughout the masses so that we can truly be a united states of america moving forward and it's almost as if we're running back the clock or something and we're going to create a new movie lord of the flies part two (laughs) yeah you're you're right you're absolutely right it's it it is like the lord of the flies it's 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 total chaos one one other thing i forgot um that Stadium, I think Susan was referring to in Arlington, is the new Dallas Cowboys Stadium with Jerry Jones and the owner. I heard a little bit, but anyway, I think she, that's what she was referring to. Yeah, Lord of the Flies Part Two. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, and 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 that's kind of it's kind of like that too. Uh, in that, that we're all a bunch of children now, a bunch of immature children is what we've got running our country. It's it's the people who are deciding things. Um, it's it's just really quite unbelievable. Well, I'm, I'm uh, one anyway, of the children. I, I'm one of the children too, trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, um, uh, the this business with the Muslims and stuff coming coming on us. It just seems like they grow every day. They grow stronger and stronger. If we don't get somebody who doesn't care about political correctness and will go ahead and protect us against those people, um, then we're in big trouble because uh, uh, it it gets to where you you spend a lot of money. You remember uh, King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella couldn't give uh, Christopher Columbus the money he he wanted to to go uh, try his um, you know route to India uh, heading west. Um, he, they couldn't give him the money because uh, they were in the middle of their fight against the Muslims. And uh, you know what? They finally whipped the tar out of them and got them the heck out of their country. Um, of course, they came back, and now they're back. They're coming even farther west. Um, and uh, if we don't get somebody 
who stops them and who has the the fortitude, the inner fortitude to want to stop them, uh, we're in big trouble. Uh, they're even more of a, a, a danger to us, I think, than, than uh, communism. Communism believes and in the mutual destruction uh, theory, you know, uh, that and you, the Muslims don't. And you want, and, and we have to bring it over to Kelly. Oh, sorry about that, Susan. I mean, not Susan, uh, Cindy. She wants to say cojones. Okay. I know you did. Uh, and let's <laughs> let's go ahead, uh, to you, Kelly. We literally got one minute out to quickly close things out. Sorry. Well, I guess I'm going to take up gambling. Trump yep. or a third party. Trump or a third party. I don't know what the, I'm going to get. What with the establishment, I sure know what I'm going to get, which is insanity. Yep. Trying the same thing, expecting different results. I'm going to gamble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to thank everybody for uh, coming to the show tonight, uh, being a part of it. Uh, you know, to say we didn't get to talk about all the stuff I had here, uh, but, you know, in the main topic, but that's the organic nature of the show. Uh, so we look forward to next week. We'll have uh, continued talks about, of course, the election, how things are going, uh, more things about what we've ta- talked about tonight. And uh, definitely, folks, uh, share out the link because as uh, we, the voice of the grassroots, that is how we get out the information, at least for this show, is by sharing the link either by going to the website at www.bardslogicpolitictalk.com and tweeting it out through there or through the email or sharing the link uh, through your other social media, uh, such as LinkedIn and Facebook. So I will end tonight as I do every night, and that is the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. So take care, folks, and have a good night. Good night. Thank you.